So boys, I'm going to have a hot pod here because I literally just pulled in. Like well, you can see my beer. I haven't even had the first sip out of it. Okay. So the vert is steaming behind me. Anyway, she was the bell of the ball in this next week's upcoming YouTube video. Anyway, I won't get into that. I'm going to keep that a little bit of a secret. But I had to take her on a lunch date today that I had downtown. So I, whatever, buttoned up my video kind of half-assed and then whistled into town. Get there, roll the windows up, do my thing, go in, do lunch, come out, go to roll my window down. And I just hear, Zzz. I'm like, God damn it. Did it jump the rail? You know what I mean? Fox body shit. So anyway, blast back to the shop. I'm like, we got who I don't want to announce quite yet, but we got our, you know, the one and only guest tonight. And uh, so I'm, I blast my door panel off, trying to fuck around with this thing and get it back together in like inside a half an hour. And it dawns on me as I'm putting my armrest back on. And I think this is something that people are going to resonate with, but nobody's ever talked about. Those two 10 mil bolts that you got to get in your fucking armrest for all the guys that are out there listening. This takes me back to like, I don't even want to say how young I was, but like really young days, backseat of a pickup. Maybe you got a little bit of a gal beside you and you've had a couple of pints and you're going to try to find your way with your finger into a special place. This is exactly what happens when you got to try to get those 10 mil bolts in that fucking armrest. <laughs> Rookie. So first thing, it's a three eighths, not a 10 mil. And Either they're or. not, they're not I'm in Canada. They're not interchangeable. So second thing, I'm going to teach you a trick. I, I did this in one of my videos. Take a small piece of electrical tape or a small piece of whatever, piece of paper, just rip it off, stick it over the head of the bolt and jam it in the socket and it will keep it erect <laughs> so that you can find the hole. Cause I know Gary, you can't find it when there's no hair around it. So, you know, that will help you get the bolt in the hole. All right. So, the other trick is to, because the armrest hooks onto the door panel, so you can kind of hook it on, on those yeah. two metal tabs that'll cut you if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and you rotate it back so you can kind of just stick that, man, and if people saw a video, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, just just vertically stick it in the hole and you'll Dude, be good to go. this is it. Like, you're, you're fucking doing one of these. Like, uh, uh. And your balance part, goddamn bolt. But man, it, it's horrible if you got the armrest on and you're trying to get it through, and then the bolt keeps falling down. And like you can't, you know what I mean? You're trying to like wiggle it and, and just hit the spot. <laughs> Try to, you know. <laughs> okay, so this is a beautiful icebreaker for our our. our I'm so fucked that I signed myself. <laughs> okay, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. Mr. Tommy War Admiral, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I don't know about Mr. Legends, but I'm hanging in there. How are you, man? Good, bud. Glad you could join Dude, us tonight. You are a legend. You're on a can of beer. 
Yeah, well, it didn't quite make the can of beer, so does it count? But they've got the labels. Like, you can print all. them, and you can have it done. So I think, you know, if you want to define success or when you've made it, it's not being in an issue of 5.0 magazine or anything. It's being on a can of beer. Like That's the standard. I think for the, the three guys in the Zoom right now um, on this pod, I think that's when you've made it. Agreed. So that's just saying, like, like Gary just wants to be on a bottle of Corona. Like he wants nothing more than to be a bottle of Corona. He's got, he, he's got, he's got to ditch that. He would drink himself. <laughs> Here we go. The ribbon begins. <laughs> I'm not going to let it now, go. Now. I'm going I'm to hit it hard right off the bat. <laughs> now, now I believe I've got a message somewhere from you stating that yeah so we we could like talk to have about a dutch kit we we could talk about this yeah so i'm a little sold on the dutch kit not fully <laughs> not completely i will say your cars they fit on coupes they fit i'm not sold on a hatchback yet but it is missing something kate right let's this is i think this is a good place to start let's break this down in as like psychological manner as we possibly can okay because i like getting down to the nuts and bolts of these things i will not argue with you tom like there are a lot of beautiful coupes with well there's way more coupes out there with no ground effects than there are with ground effects for sure um however the ones that look the best are the ones that are like almost undrivable low now, you can speak to this because your car sits very, very well. I, in my personal opinion, I think it sits proper and it looks close to the ground. Now, you got some pinch weld, pinch weld uh, covers and, uh, you know, that front, uh, whatever, you guys kind of grafted your own little action to it, right? But the maker's deal. Um, there was just something about the coupe that, you know, kind of really rounded itself in versus having that nice sharp straight down edge that ground effects somewhat accomplish and i'm the first one to put my hand up and say you know i love them both um i'd be lying to you if i told you i hadn't considered dumping the ground effects and going on but they've been on there so long i mean fuck and just buy another car I'm sure there's a lot of people that know nothing about my name or anything that I fucking stand for. And they're just like, you know, that dipshit with the ground effects in the green car. <laughs> so now it's just kind of a thing, but uh, I'll let you go, buddy. What's your thoughts on all this? So I actually don't mind ground effects on a coupe. I actually despise wings a lot more than I do ground effects. Yeah. Like Chris's car. So I got to, I had the privilege of driving Chris's car. So I, I had a totally different opinion after driving the car than I did before driving the car. So he says it's a rattle trap. Let me tell you something. It's one of the nicest cars. I, I drove the car for an hour, right? So I got to ride in the car for an hour on the highway. Is it a little rough on the bumpy roads? Yeah, but on a highway, it's a dream. And I feel like ground effects on coupes only go well when the car is slammed. Okay. That's like my personal opinion. The lower it is, the better. It looks right then. Like your your particular car 
Um, the only thing I don't like about it is the rear cover. Like I actually think a Cobra rear bumper cover would fit your car better than what's on it. And maybe if I'm being honest about it. Lord right. Planted up. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, right? Because you see a lot of guys that'll rock like either just a front ground effect and or front and side, no rear. Um, like there's kind of a, a whole mix match of combinations out there. Um, the thing with it is like, I'm, yeah, this is a tough one to almost explain. It's almost like trying to explain a feeling like I'm, there's cars out there that don't deserve ground effect not deserve, but don't ground effects don't belong on them. And, uh, I think that with the coupe, and I've, I've mentioned this to Chris before, like the Dutch kit and this Xenon kit, I've actually never seen the Dutch kit in person, but it actually reminds me from a height or a depth perspective or depth perception of the Xenon kit. They're fairly shallow, like having it beside a GT kit, it's not as deep. So it's almost like a, a half a body kit, if you will. Um, Cause yeah, like the bigger you go, there's a really fine line. It's a knife's edge with that. Right. Um, and the rear to your point. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, like I, at the time in 99, when this thing went on, I liked the fact that the exhaust came out of it. Now I know there's a lot of knocks on that because a lot of people have saws holes in the rear of GT kits and kind of fuck that up for everybody. So take that for what it is. But, uh, I, to your point on the wings, I, I put that wing on it. I hate to almost even say that it came with the car. Okay. So in bone stock format, that wing was part of the purchase. Uh, not that I, whatever worked it into the deal. It was just part of the, the car. And I paid money to put that fucker on and now love it or hate it. There, there are people out there that read wow. and go, Hey, is that wing stock? Where'd you get the wing? Like I get comments on it. Cause I don't know, whatever. It's, it's one of those love it or hate it things. If I could take one thing back, it'd be drilling holes through that rear deck lid. Fuck. So, and, and I've actually meant to ask you this, like, have you thought of taking it off and just getting plugs painted body color and sticking them in? I haven't thought about going that route. I have thought about going full blown, like repaint the deck lid. Or, like, <laughs> you know what? If it were me, and, and I'll be curious to know what Tom's opinion is on this. If it were me, I would go and grab a Celine wing and I'd take that one off. And you know what I mean? Even if you rattle canned it like a near match just to see how it looks, um, I'd almost be curious to know what it would look like if you just switched it up to Celine wing and if maybe it would... Um, kind of finish off the back differently because i know what tom's saying with, with the rear maybe going with the cobra and then wingless because even a detch rear bumper kind of curves upward yeah. a little bit you know what i mean um from that side profile so i'm thinking that because yours is so straight almost like gt-ish if you had that wing and it offset it up off the back don't get me wrong it is a whale tail it's not necessarily for everyone but i almost wonder if it would flow better with your car if, if it'd be worth it like the holes are there you know what I mean? So at that right. point, it's like reuse existing holes. You, know, you put like a rubber mat or something in between 
a rubber gasket, I should say, um, between the, uh, the mounting points and go for it. So I kind of see that. So I'm just going to be transparent. The wing I like the least is a saline wing. I don't, I don't like the saline wing at all, but with your ground, like with your body kit, I can almost envision it because it's got like an aggressive look to it. Like, I, I think your whole body kit is actually nice. I just think they missed the mark on the rear cover. Like you have square, everything open and then round circles for the exhaust. Right. Like I almost feel like they should have been like rectangle tips maybe, or uh, with your car. Like I even said, I even mentioned it to you, like you should make some kind of a filler panel if you're going to leave it back there. So you don't see the tailpipes. Cause if you look at the back of your car, you can see the, all the piping. Yeah. If you did like some kind of a mesh or something like that, I can envision it, but I'm, I'm kind of with Chris, like you should, well, not that you should, but I can envision a Celine wing on your car, even though it's the one I like the least. So tell me yeah. something, boys. I, I don't know if this picture was, um, well, it's floating around recently on Instagram and I think it's like a sonic blue coupe with a GT ground effects kit and a Celine wing. Was that at Chocolate Fox? I don't recall seeing it, if it was. No, I think I know the car that you're talking about. A friend of mine from uh, Kawartha Lakes, um, he had that exact setup. And it's it just weird. Like two? 18s, I think. Sorry? Is it got 18-inch Celines on it, too? Um. His didn't, but I think the one that you're talking about that I've seen does. Okay. Um, it, uh, the thing with that is I want to say it looks okay. Like ultimately speaking from a glance, you would say that a GT or a Cobra kit is very similar to a Celine kit from the side skirt and, and rear perspective to a certain degree. I think just the squareness of it. Um, the front bumper is what throws it off. And I think it's really hard to get out of your mind that there is a GT front bumper on a notch. Um, I, I think everything else can be played. It's just like mentally, it's really hard to overcome that. It's like knowing that the GT was, well, the, the top end, the creme of the creme of the Fox body, right? Like everyone wanted a GT back in the day because of what it was. And when you put that on a notch, it's hard to overcome it. Like I want to like it, but it's like, you know, that's a GT front end on it. So it's, um, that's the hard thing, the hard part to, over, um, to get over. Now there was a Celine notch at the chocolate Fox show, which I'm sure right. Tom saw because it was kind of parked in the grass yeah. behind his car. And, you know, it looked great. It had the Celine wing on it. Um, you know, and, and it's, I forget what it is. Somebody said there was only like 16. And then I think uh, Lance clarified it was like something like 54 notch Celine's ever built. Um, but that's, that's allowed. Celine cars never sat really low either. Um, you know, I, I've never been honestly like the, the Celine kits have never been my number one go-to the wing is the wings have always looked better on a hatch than on a coupe or on a convertible. Yeah. But I think if you're in a bind, for a wing on a coupe like there's so many like whenever somebody did a detch kit on a coupe 
in Toronto or the greater Toronto area, they always put the, the Celine wing on. It was like the look. It was, it was my white car with a Celine wing. That was like the, the picture of the 90s and early 2000s across Ontario. That's just what you had. You had the Ram Air Hood, Dutch Kit, Celine wing, and ROH wings. Hmm. To a T. It was almost its own body style in itself. That's how common it was. But I opted. I went against the grain. I'm like, I'm not putting a wing on. I'm like, it just, I didn't want to do it. So I'm glad I didn't. Um, Me too. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I had, to, I had to laugh, Tom. I don't know if you heard last week's pod, but I was telling Gary, I was like, man, I'm, I was so nervous handing my keys over to Tom because it's just like, you're, you're always, you're so self-critical about your own car. And I'm just like, man, he's going to think this thing's a fucking lumber wagon. And um, <laughs> not, I don't know what I signed myself up for. And not not at all, dude. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I I really enjoyed the car. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was it was nice to go from something that's a little more mild, just a, like on the cruiser, I would call it almost compared to my car, you know. So my car yeah. can be a little tough to drive sometimes, you know. It's not sometimes it's I mean it's got really good street manners for the power, but um there's definitely a difference when you're just on a highway cruising for sure. So I enjoyed right. it, man. You, it was I really appreciate you uh, trusting me with it. It was, uh, oh, it was man, a pleasure. I, no, and I appreciate you uh, arranging all the logistics and everything and made it here safely. So, um, yeah, no uh, no harm, no foul. And, and the tire situation, don't even worry about the tires good. I think I already told you that. Um, so, you know, it's you not even worth my time trying to follow up with uh, with the shipper on on that or anything. So, so we're good. Yeah, you know, I felt so bad about it because – you know, when you give someone your word that you're going to take care of their stuff, like you take care of their stuff, you know, better than your own. So Justin texts me and he's like, oh, I think we got a flat tire. We got a nail. I'm like, you need to plug it. You need to do whatever you need to do. And he's like, I'm not jacking this car up. I'm like, well, I, you know, so that's why I text him. I'm like, well, you need to air it up and get it on the trailer safely. And, you know, we'll talk to Chris and I'll, I'll cover the tire if need be because it's my responsibility at the end of the day. You know, I gave you my word. So I felt, I felt bad about it, but I get where you're coming from. Cause that That's, was interesting. Yeah, no. And then I actually got my other set of ROHCS wheels. I got my proper staggered set with the polished lips. So the eight and a half in the front side and the halves in the rear. So I think I'm actually going to go back to the original look of that car. I think I'm going to get the centers done body color to match, which is a little bit extra in the white, but I'm going for it, man. I'll get the polished lips and then I'll get, like I said, the staggered fitment. They're gonna look good. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited, man. Yeah. You know what I wanted to ask you about? So I I, I slightly remember since we were talking about body kits and uh on coops. I I I I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been on your I go to your YouTube page, but I haven't been on your web page in a while. But I recall you had on your silver car a rendering, maybe was it where it had like a like a front, I don't I don't want to say splitter, but like a front lip spoiler. Yep. Um, Did that ever funny come enough. to light? No, so funny enough, I was actually talking with Jason from Makers about that. And when I got the rendering done, I asked him, I'm like, man, just like try and try and make a splitter work. Because the, the funny thing about the Dutch bumper is it, it kind of curves in, in in the front, right? So then they have like a splitter that would go out, wouldn't it kind of like go in and go out and look kind of weird. So we were going back and forth. And, you know, Jason's a perfectionist. 
And when it comes to all of his, you know, CAD drawings and scanning and all of that stuff, like he wanted a bumper, which ultimately from Canada is not bad because he's just on the other side of, uh, or through the tunnel or the other side of the bridge in Detroit. But um, logistically, just to try something like one time, I was like, man, I don't know if the ROI is there. Or just my car's being so slammed. I was like, man, it's just going to eat shit. You know what I mean? So like any nice quality piece that he makes, I'm going to end up destroying. So I put it aside. Um, but that blue Dutch coupe that I got last year that was on air ride, the, I guess whoever owned it at some point put, I think it's called like an easy lip or something. Like it's a, a really flexible rubber that's like on a 90 and you can screw it you know, from the, the bottom side, whether you use salt tappers or whatever. Um, but the nice thing is, is if you hit stuff, it just folds, but it maintains its shape. So right. that was the closest thing that I guess I've had to a splitter on a Dutch front bumper. I've seen um, another gentleman use, um, what's that? What's that one that has the splitters for the sides in the rear it starts with a C? um oh um i know you're talking about oh i can't think of it carlson or carter 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 customs yeah so you know the front's just sort of like that that straight out type lip i've seen one of those um put on the bottom um of course for functional purpose like that was a proper like detch on the track raced car so um i've seen that but I don't know, man. Hey, if you do a Dutch kit, maybe that's something you can add your own flavor yeah. to. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I saw that and it's been stuck in my head because I remember that render. It was a rendering, right? Yeah. I remember. I can remember everything about it. Shaved trunk lock, black, black mirrors, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I feel like the splitter would have to be like looking at the dash kit. It would almost have to be shaped like a door wedge, you know, like where it gets thicker towards the front of the car. Mm-hmm. there's gotta be a way to do that it looks sick dude. it looks sick right. you should pursue that I, I really <laughs> like that. Uh, the funny thing with all this shit boys and this will be a nice transition tommy because i want you to talk a little bit about this but the funny thing about this and i i probably sound like a broken record now but it's this whole like functionality you know like all of this shit looks great sitting on your garage floor like when it's parked, but fucking driving it is a whole different animal and being able to drive it down the road. Like these cars that we're trying to resemble our fun weekend cars after like those things come off the track and the front end's fucked, right? Like it's hit every little road bump and it's scuffed and cooked and whatever. Like we're trying to resemble these road cars that are pretty much skirted to the point where they're like, you know, eighth of an inch off the ground. And that's just not the reality of the roads that we can drive these cars on, especially. Well, ride. well yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> especially the three of us, but now you're down in, in the Southern parts of the world there, Chris. I mean, but like for me and Tom up North, I mean, we get winter months and our roads get fucking beat. So every spring you take your life in your hands or your car in your hands going out on the roads and God forbid you clip a great big hole or something. So 
Um, but on this note, Tommy, uh, and add whatever you want to add into this. I know you're very, very big on like, do it for you, right? Like build what suits you, not what suits the mags, not what suits everybody else's opinion. None of that bullshit. So I'd love it if you talk a little bit about that, bud, because I know it's a big, it holds a big place in your heart. And, uh, I think who better than somebody that's got one of the more sought after cars or talked about cars these days. So here's my thing, right? Everything we do in our lives outside of cars has to be practical, right? Everything, our jobs, everything's got to be practical, logical. Why does our hobby have to be right? People talk about, let's say you horsepower, right? You don't need a thousand horsepower. You don't need 800 horsepower. No, you don't need that horsepower, but why not? It's it's not my everyday car. It, it's not my commuter car. It's my weekend car. Why be practical about it? That's how I feel. Like Chris's cars, they're super low. People like, you can't drive that on the road. He does, right? I mean, it, it doesn't have to be practical. If that's what he wants, that's what he should, that's what he should do. I mean, I, I truly believe, yeah, I, you know what I think, Gary? I think social media is, is ruining this hobby in a sense. Amen, brother. And yeah. I'll, I'll flat out say, you know, people, they scroll through Instagram, they scroll through Facebook. They're scared to throw out an idea because they're going to get hammered. They see a shaved engine bay and it's like, I got to shave my engine bay to be noticed. Well, no, you don't, you know, just, just do what you do. Like if, I didn't build my car to be practical. Never, never crossed my mind. I didn't build the drag race. I built it because, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, this is my dream car, period. End of story. That's the bottom line, right? Like, I don't dream about 69 Chevelles. I don't dream about, I dream about Fox bodies. That's what I like, you know? So why not? Why not be totally impractical about it, Right. Well said, buddy. Well said. You know, I, I couldn't agree more like there, and this is a really good transition from the whole body kit topic. And I, like, I'm an open book. I mean, fuck, if I didn't have to wear clothes, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, you want to see it, you want to talk about it, just let me know and let's do it. So the fact that we've already gone on about, you know, body kits and wings and like decisions that people like myself have made at one point in their lives, like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's discuss it. I mean, that's a whole nother topic in itself. The whole world needs to discuss things a hell of a lot more than we currently already do. However, uh, when it comes to cars, yeah, man, like we had Josh Kennedy on, for example, and he's got this black 93 Cobra, which I don't think Josh would mind if I said this, it's a fucking disaster. Like that car has had a really rough go and he's trying to figure out what direction to go with it and i kind of like actually i don't kind of like i love the way that he's thinking about it which is like a patinaed rat rod style you know in all its glory 93 cobra like fucking rights man i mean sure the world could benefit from another fancy shiny spit polished top to bottom fox but like how about one that just says, look, I've been through hell and back and, uh, but I got some pretty sweet running gear under me, or I got a fucking motor that'll rip your heart out and feed it to you. 
or whatever, you know, like just fucking do you, you know, that's, that's what it's really all about, man. I, I, I think, I don't know. I never, I never took social media really into consideration. I would be, I would be a liar though. If I didn't tell you that I didn't fall into the trap sometimes myself. And I'm sure all three of us would say that, right. You're scrolling through, you see something, damn, man, I should have done that shit. Or, or, or I should, I should, I should go do that because you know, that car is getting attention. Like, but at the end of the day, reel yourself in, right. What, do you want right period end of story it makes no it makes no difference what anyone else thinks it really doesn't at the end of the day you know like like for me i'll use this example like my car gets a lot of attention that will go away right i know that will go away it's one car someone else will build something wild and crazy and then i go to the back burner right so when i hit that back burner I need to be happy with what I build, right? Yeah. I need to be able to work on what I build. Like, what well, has to function for me. And I don't think people, I don't think people look that far, right? They just want that immediate uh, 2,000 likes, 3,000 likes, or whatever it may be. And they don't think past that. And that's where I think social media and all that shit comes into play, bro. It just, it fucks everything up. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah. I think... The problem is social media is definitely an issue. I think people's feelings and people getting hurt so easily now um, is kind of the other issue. And whether social media is or is not to blame, you know, I'll play devil's advocate because, you know, I do feel like there's certain people that might like certain types of mods or certain types of cars that it gives them the ability to interact with people that they can't find locally. Like we're us as Fox body guys, we can go pretty much anywhere and somebody's either going to have owned one or owns one or has a story about one. And you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's easier. There, there's some people that are probably in some more outcast, um, not as easy groups or, you know, for any of those stances, like the, People who like the Jap stance with the fucking insane camber and the exhaust pipes going 10 feet out of the car. Like if that's your thing, you know, it, you're not driving down the street to find somebody that's going to be able to shoot the shit with you. That's for damn sure. Right. Um, now the other thing too, is like, it gives some person, if you're smart and, and I think this is where everybody just needs to wake up and educate themselves a little bit. We've all gone to school, whether we've finished school or not is irrelevant. But we all know that school is pretty easy. Like, and 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 school's not for everybody. And it is what you make of it. You know what I mean? Like, you can memorize, you can read the books, you can do whatever. But if you really want to get output, you got to find a way to apply it. And the same thing, you got to find a way to take that information or the bullshit that you're reading um, through social media or the haters or you know what I mean, and, and derive like what's the commonality in here? And it might be. There's too many assholes in a Mustang group. I don't want to own a fucking Mustang. Like that could right. be the ultimate outcome. Now, at the same time, it might be, okay, if I shave my engine bay and I don't document it or I don't do it properly, either A, it might crack and peel or maybe my guy or I'm hiding rust and then I'm going to hurt the resale of my car. So it's all information 
in a different way. And I think it's, it's not necessarily um, it as social media, the problem, I think we're the problem, like ultimately um, uh, to a certain degree, I, I don't, I hate technology just as much as the next guy I need to, I used to love it, but then you're in it and then you learn to hate it. But um, with that said, I think, you know, you just, you gotta be smart and we gotta be, and we see it, Tom, I'm sure you see it. We, everybody knows your car on Instagram, right? At a show. Do you get, you know what I mean? It's like people are quick to comment there, but people are shy in person, like, or people will talk shit through the keyboard and they probably come up to you and tell you how fucking amazing your car is. Meanwhile, it was some fucking dude hating on something online. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, um, that's another issue with the whole, I think the communication bit of social media of what's happening online versus in person to me is, is my biggest pet peeve. If you can't say and, and come up to Tom in person and, and say the same thing that you're going to say Instagram posts or Facebook posts, then that's where the problem is. It's so true. You know, here's a quick story. We were at Foxtoberfest and um, a guy and his son came up to my car. They didn't know it was my car. So I was just like listening to them talk. And a dad was thrashing my interior. <laughs> right. So I let, I let him go a couple minutes. And uh, he's like, these look, these look like lazy boys and all this shit. And so I'm like, all right. So finally I chimed in. I'm like, I'm listening. I'm like, I'm taking what you're saying into consideration, you know? And he's like, oh shit, man. I didn't know it was your car. It really does look great. Like, no, man, like you don't like it. And that's cool. Like you were just talking shit, but you're right about that, man. They would, you're totally right about that. Yeah. So this social media thing, gents, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, what's kind of funny. I think about this often. I don't necessarily think it was invented to be the nefarious disaster that it is. It's us as like, you know what I mean? We're pretty closely related to cockroaches as humans and we've fucked it up ourselves in all honesty. Cause to your point, Tom, I, I agree, man. I go on there. Like I like taking in info, right? Good, bad, and everything in between. And that's how we grow. You know what I mean? Like you see something, um, shit. I knew I was going to do this, but, uh, Chris, you could probably help me with this. Um, Tom, the fellow that uh, he's got uh, that white coop that slammed. Uh, he's also built. Tom Clark. Tom Clark. Tom, yeah. So Bill. Yes. Sorry, Tom Clark, if you're listening, I, I should know your last name, buddy. You're, yeah, very, <laughs> your name's worth knowing. At any rate, um, you know, you got guys like that that just, kill it you know like they're on another level like these fucking guys are the nikola tesla of the automotive industry and it like i'm so glad that social media exists just so those people can be on it so we have the the and i mean they probably only share five or ten percent of the actual shit they're doing which is mind-boggling but they give everyone else ideas kind of like the old magazine days, right? You got to see feature builds and, and all this cool shit. And we're like, hey, man, I could work with that. Or I like 80% of this, but I'm going to throw 20% of my own spin on it. 
or whatever the case, you know, but I love the way you say all this, bud, because there's just so much shitting on people. And Chris, you nailed it too. Like the whole, everybody has a little bit bigger bicep with their, when they're running their keyboard versus (laughs) in person, eh? Like, fuck guys, like just, I say guys, but in general, guys, gals, whatever the fuck you are, just let's be nice to each other. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got feelings and we're all trying to do something cool here. And if we all supported one another, right, wrong, or indifferent, I think we'd all get to a better place. You know, you know what? I think generally we do. And the problem is it's always like that, that whole analogy of, you know, you go to a restaurant, one bad person tells or one bad experience tells 10 people versus, you know, yeah. the rest all had good experiences and they don't share enough. And it's all those stupid bad apples or it's people that aren't even going to the fucking restaurant. That's the problem. How many of these people go on to these groups or on these pictures to talk shit and they don't even own a Fox body in this instance? You know what I mean? Like they don't even know what they're talking about. They're just on there because, you know, they're just trolling along. They got nothing better to do than, you know, humor themselves. And the worst part is, is nine times out of 10, we end up fueling their fire. Um, But I do want to say like Tom Clark, for instance, like, thank you, social media, because he's not chip foos out there like if if a tv show or somebody approached him he'd be able to produce like he would make amazing content and and he could be one of those people but he's sort of he's in the background he's doing his own thing he's not sharing all his secrets and he just drops these bombs of you know what i mean whether it's old school stuff and you know, he messaged me before the show. He's like, man, you're bringing that white coop. He's like, I remember seeing that 15 years ago show up on Google search images all the time. He's like, that car is a legend. And like cool. people like that are just amazing. And, and, you know, the interactions that we've had, I finally got to meet him at Oktoberfest last year, but you know, that has been a positive one. The thing about, um, uh, I guess, helping others or, or ragging on other people's car I can tell you one, and Gary, unfortunately, you haven't met this individual in person or seen the car in person. Tom's going to know if there's one guy that I think um, he's got the support of every influencer that's been at the shows. um, I bet you there's a lot of people that talk shit or if he's not next to his car being like, why the fuck did he do that? Blah, 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 is Wet Foxford. Yeah. Um. This is like you cannot. So, boys, just this is the guy with the the white and the yellow. Yeah, yeah, gold. Yeah, and like, man, Gary, you just and you know what? Maybe we should reach out to him and get him on a pod because I I remember, like, it it brings me back. Like, it brings me back to changing an H pipe in my driveway in minus (laughs) ten, just because I had to do it. And it was, you know what I mean? Like at Foxtoberfest, he was, he looked like he literally rolled around on the ground in like oil spit. Like he seen was hustling video. all night. Yeah. yeah and the like, fucking guy yeah, showed it, up in his work clothes. It is flip flops, you know, with white socks yep. on and, and, and the guy wears white while he's working on his car, which is the worst fucking color to wear. <laughs> but, um, 
you know what? I give it to him. He's building that fucking car in his parking garage. You know what I mean? Like he's painting stuff himself. Like, man, he's got, he had that GT 500 motor running. Um, he ran into some blower issues and everything else. Now he's going to do compound boost and turbos at the back. And I think Tom talked him out of the front bumper and that's, you know what I mean? We, we all have crazy ideas and great for him for proof of concept and everything else. Like those are all the growing pains. And I love that. I wish, I wish we saw more of that. There should be at least 10 at what Foxbert style individuals and builds going on at these shows like an incubator because you know what it's not for everybody but some cool ideas and some new ways of thinking will come out of it and and that's i think where we got to look at the positive side of all this stuff i agree you know he um he 100 takes more abuse than probably anybody i know i talked to him quite a bit and uh you got A for effort, man. I mean, it, it's not my style. He knows that. You know, we talked a little about his front bumper and what's practical, practical, right? And what's not. <laughs> but listen, he he's going all out, does not care what anyone thinks, Gary. Like he is, this is what I'm doing. If you don't like it, too bad. And when this car is done, I'm going to win every show. I'm going to drive it across the country and I'm going to make a thousand horsepower and I don't care what anyone says. Period. Like that's his, he doesn't care. So, I mean, we do need more of that, I think. And you can, you know, what's like, I, I really like to um, take other ideas from other genres. Like I talk about a lot, like going out to the import world and, and getting ideas and going to like the four by four world and getting ideas. Like that's how you get ideas. Like you get ideas from those, those people, those genres, and you just make them, make them work for a Vox body. Right. I'm, so I love it. I wish we saw a lot more than that, a lot more of that. Actually. Otherwise, you're just another black notch of stubby pony arms. It's the truth. <laughs> it's scream puff. Fuck <laughs> I, I posted up uh, the two white coops with the blue headlights, the yellow. So I'm like, no black coops on 17 inch ponies here. Scream puff was just like, I forget what he said. Um, it's like all I could afford or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> he's great, man. <laughs> oh, Joe's a fucking beauty. Fuck yeah, he's man. he's like, awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. <laughs> no, boys, you've given me goosebumps the whole time both of you went on your rants about the wet, wet fox vert. Like that, I couldn't agree with you more. We do need out. I, I don't want to say outrageous shit like I was about to, but we need people that are taking things outside of the norm and uh body like, kits on coops you say <laughs> yeah right been doing it since 99 buddy no but uh yeah like now i know we we it, it comes across like we shit on the coop with the 17 inch ponies now don't get me wrong guys at least from my perspective like which is a bad chat thing that Chris is probably going to fuck with me on. But my perspective, it's a beautiful look. I actually, my vert with the 17 inch ponies, I love it. Like it's just, every time I see it, those ponies, they just, they're nostalgic. They speak to you. They remind you of old days. So you need the R sixes on there. Do <laughs> I need to buy them and just ship them to you? <laughs> so, yeah, it needs to go down a little bit. Drop it. Well, fuck. 
I'm actually I'm in a situation right now where uh, here we go. The window won't go up. We're on our tangents. I'm 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 actually a little lower than the car can handle at this stage in its life. So I've got a local buddy that has a set. I can't remember what shocks they are, but this thing's still sitting on 91 OEM shocks on all four corners. And it's like driving a fucking waterbed. It's a disaster. Like, fuck, there's a thing over by this place. I grab a coffee in the morning and I fucking forget about it every single time I go over it. And it's like my wheels fall into it. It's in the road. It's a dip. And it feels like you're going over a cliff, right? Like this thing's got zero rebound, zero reaction. It's bad. And so anyway, the car needs shocks in a bad, bad way. Once it's got some shocks on it, I think we can maybe horse around the stance a little bit more. But uh, you know what? I've actually, (laughs) I shouldn't even admit this. I got a set of E7 heads in the trunk right now, and it's brought it down to where I kind of like it. (laughs) I've around with those for a while. Right. Anyway. Poor man's lowering, just add more weight. Well, the trouble is, I found out the hard way the other day. I threw my kids' fat asses in the back of it with the heads. Fucking scrub my tire. Bad. The rear fenders aren't rolled. What size tire are you running in the back? It's a 275 40. Uh, so you need 265 is the limit with no rolls. Yeah. Like Unless you're running a nitto. If you had like a, <laughs> a narrow nitto, you'd be okay. But yeah. This is the, one shape, of, the shape of a tire matters for sure. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, too. We, I think we talked about that or, or who I was talking about with somebody. But yeah, you always got to go to the spec sheet of the tire because like, that's why everyone was like ramping and raving. Oh, I got a 305 triple five nitto on the back of my car. Yeah, well, your 305 nitto is the same width as a 295 and every other tire out there. So you're not fooling anybody. Right. Because <laughs> they do kind of round in, right? These actually are the nitto. I think they are the triple fives. Or the R triple R or whatever the fuck it is. Well, it's the new, it's the new one, right? Because I remember there was there was like the first generation of triple fives were like, they were actually awesome. I had those in the 23s on my lightning. And they, like they hooked, they lasted forever. And now they got like the G2 or the something. I don't know. This is the triple eight. I lied to you. Triple eight. That's not even a nitto. <laughs> <laughs> They're Toyos. <laughs> hey, guys. Come on. Another. Oh my God. I had a long lunch and I've been into the Corona since bullshitting with you guys. So I thought you said you held it up. You said, this is my first one. I haven't even started it yet. That's how this started. Hey, don't shit on me. I get enough shit for my wife. Come on. Okay. They're hey, to- five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. So the Toyos for what it's worth kind of have that rounded in deal too. Right. They sure look cool, though. That fucking kind of drag radial pattern they got that's just that every three inches they got that goofy squiggly line. They look fucking neat. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, and and I know Tom's going to echo this a million percent, like, the way 
the sidewall of a tire looks. And I don't mean like necessarily the tread, I mean just how that logo is inscribed in there and like the way that it meets the bead of the wheel and you know what I mean? How you can rub tire shine on it. Like it matters. Like it, it's such a fine little detail of, um, of just an aesthetic portion of the overall wheel and tire combo because like, yeah, like you can put the same size tire in any all season brand and it's going to look like fucking dog shit. So, um, yeah. Looks yeah, matter. Look, I don't care what anyone says. No, I, I agree with Chris 100% because they can look balloony. Like, it's yeah. it's just the, the, the how it sits on the wheel can make it look bigger um, than it, than the tire actually is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like if it balloons out, I don't really like that look. I like a more, like more square kind of tire, personally. What's on War Admiral, buddy? I have hand cooks on oh, my cars. Nice. And they... They uh they actually do pretty well. Um, they're not your typical drag radial tire, you know. They're they're performed with like a Z rated, ZR rated tire, but they're not they're not a drag radial by any means. Like I said, I didn't build the car to hook, so I just wanted the overall look. They tuck nice, you know. Uh, my rear tire is only a nine inch. A lot of, like the standard is like, gotta get the ten inch wheel. You know, I hear that so often. Like ten inch rear, nine inch front. Well, you're you're not gonna tuck the way my car tucks or Chris's car tucks. You know, with a off-the-shelf SVE ten-inch wheel, it's just—it's not practical. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going to work. I'm waiting. Actually, the closest thing that I've seen to a fucking tire fire barbecue show that you've posted is uh, that one cop that was sitting at Blue Sky when you went across the train tracks and let her loose a little bit. But I'm waiting for a tire. Like, I want to see that thing. Fucking send those tires up and smoke. <laughs> I'll do it for you. <laughs> I got to set it up. Uh, I'll do it soon. I'll do it soon for you. It's hard. Like me, I'm always alone. So like, I don't have this anyone trouble. videoing. You know, I don't, I don't have anyone videoing for me, you know? So if someone doesn't capture it, I, can, I guess I could set something up and get it done. Then we'll you got to turn around and pick your phone up or whatever. When you, done. You, need to, you need to just come down here and I'll let, I'll let you drive it and do it. Jesus. Oh, Christ. there you go. See, you that's missed opportunity, Garrett. See, this is what happens when you don't come to the shows. That's a heavy invite. I'm going to need another beer now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, you, so you come you down here, I'll hand you the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Uh, so, going back to the tires, I had to pull this up just to prove my point. So, Gary, your Toyo R888 Yep. is 11 inches wide and if you would have had a nitto triple five g2 it only would have been 10.94 inches wide now i know we're talking like we're into the tents here but um it matters you know what i mean that that little bit is um rubbing versus not rubbing and, and to prove my point to saying that nittos run narrower than most other tires out there. So see, that's uh, part of the game. I try to tell my wife that width matters more than length all the time, but she doesn't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not not skinnier either. (laughs) I didn't look. What size tires on the back of your white car? 
Um, I have, so I'm just running square on that. I actually only have um, 245. So I'm running a 245.40 um, all the way around on eight and a half. Mm. So um, I will go, those rear uh, wheel wells have been massaged a little bit. I actually had a 285. 40 on there and like depending on what happened you know there was a little bit of rub um that was on eight and a half inch wheel now that i'm going to nine and a half i'll probably be able to run that 275 so i'll do 275 quad shocks which are still in there you know what i mean i'll leave them flip um the conies um so i'll probably do like 245 40 front and then um 275 the problem with 17 is like i'd want to find like a 35 17 um for the rear but some of those things just don't exist so i'll have to see um funny enough i had 245 45s which is like the most common 17 inch size that exists but you have a little bit more sidewalls so the car was two things a little bit more comfortable a um, little higher um i was clearing a lot of things i dropped down to the 40 series tire dropped me down again you're talking you know 16ths of inches yeah, probably and, but it was enough that I started catching a lot more and then the ride's harsher. So, yeah. um, tires matter for sure. I run a 285 40 on my back and a 235 up front. And I, I barely rub. I mean, I'm not as low as you, but I'm about as low as I can go for where I live. I live in li literally the middle of the woods. So I, I can't, I can't go anymore. I mean, I'm stopping over bridges and all that, all that nonsense. So, if I could go lower, I would. Right. Are you rolled in the back, Tom? I am, yeah. Just yeah. that's it, though. Nothing else, right? But I'm on, I'm on coilovers too, which I know Chris isn't such a big fan of. I heard him going off about it the other day. <laughs> but it's nice though because I like. I'm not it. a fan of sleeves. I'm sure you don't have sleeves in your car. No. <laughs> You're well, turning like, something like, in. Yeah. It's nice to have the adjustability. I mean, that's the one thing I will say. It's nice to be able to adjust it here and there. Like, like when I first set the car up, you know, drive it, see where it rubs, go up with hair, drive it, see yeah. where it rubs, find out where the car is nice. Once you cut a spring, I'm all for cutting springs. Don't get me wrong. Like, it definitely works. Be, once you cut it, it's cut. Period. Yeah. Going back. It's a lot easier to crawl under there when you're first setting the car up because you're not going to go back and do it again. Like Chris is not wrong. 99% of people once it's set up aren't crawling under with a, with a wrench to adjust them. It's just, it's not happening, but what, it is nice to not have to pull a spring every time you want to adjust the ride height, you know, cut a little off, cut a little off. Cut a little off. So it's and and I think, I think people's biggest mistake when they're cutting is they don't factor in the, the whole settling effect you know, yep. and, and that spring getting seated properly back in the spring pocket and, you know, control arm bushing kind of getting squatted back to where it needs to be. And all of a sudden, yeah, you put the car down off the jack, it looks great. Then you start driving it around. You're like, oh shit, now I'm too low. And I think I've been there. Trust me. I, I've done it a number of times. Um, I'm like, oh shit. Now I got to put the isolators back in. And then that's the only thing that you can really do is hope that the isolators right. bring you back up another quarter inch or, or whatever you need, but it doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah. That's where coilovers do come into play. Yeah. But yeah, if they're sure. not for everybody, it's a rougher ride. You just got to suck it up. You know what I mean? Like 
what do you want? You want to be low or do you want to, you know, do you want a Cadillac? I mean, I, that's just how it is really, you know? Yeah. Well, a, good, a good justification to all this is even just in a standard car, like jack it up, hang the wheels front or rear and set it back on the ground and have a look at it. You're like, Holy shit. This thing sits a whole lot higher than it did when I was driving it. Right. Like, so that whole settling effect is a, it's a real deal. It's not just placebo, you know? No, yeah. it definitely is. Yeah. So now Tommy, I, I don't think anybody like you and I bullshit on the side off pod off whatever else. I don't think anybody really knows some of the background intel that, uh, well, we can see it behind your head, but uh, why don't you give us a little insight as to who Tom really is? What does Tom do in the fall specifically? So my real second passion is, is bow hunting. Um, I'm a gun guy. Like I was raised around guns. Like, so my father was a, um, a really, really big gun collector. And um, I never went to like a football game or a baseball game with them. It was always the shooting range, you know? So from that, it stemmed into hunting. And then that became like a circus in Pennsylvania. It's like, I call it the orange army. Like just the woods just gets invaded, you know, in rifle season. So I kind of steered away from that Gary. And I really took a liking to bow hunting. So that's really Foxtoberfest ends my car goes in the garage and i disappear like i'm gone in the woods and that's what i do you know i've made uh the world record book twice for white nice. tail deer um so yeah that's that's real my real my real passion is you know it's funny because i'm not a very uh how do i say i'm not a real outgoing people person like i don't like crowds and all that generally no. speaking so when I started posting pictures of the car and the car got more popular, like I, every time I talk to people, like I'm almost a little out of my comfort zone because if you could plant me in the middle of 50,000 acres and never see a person again, I'm completely happy, you know? <laughs> so <clears throat> this car has made me a little bit more kind of like open-minded and, uh, you know, more, more of like, Hey, how you doing? And kind of with, with people, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not a real outgoing guy as far as that's concerned. Like every time you stop for gas, you got to be ready for that conversation at the pump, right? <laughs> it's, it's constant, man. It's constant. It's nonstop. It's, 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 it's a literal event. Like I take the car out. It's an event. Like it's almost sometimes annoying. I want to say, like, I hope nobody gets offended by that, but sometimes you just want to get gas, go into the gas station and leave. Right. <laughs> you yeah. don't want, stand there for 25 minutes but i will of course you know it's just how i am i i think both chris and i can appreciate that at least as much as you buddy because uh well chris and i buddies right we bullshit offline too and both of us are pretty private guys too like you know we just like doing what we do and this whole thing of sharing it with people is just i don't know something we either thought of doing or got talked into doing or whatever the case might be. And, uh, I'm for me, I'll speak for myself. Like I'm, I'm super glad I did because I just, I love hearing from people that like, you know, that you were able to bail them out of a bind or you were able to show them something that they didn't previously already know. And going back to how we were talking earlier, like that's, the coolest part for me about all of this social media stuff 
it just helping people out, you know, like, I mean, you go back to when the three of us were kids where, you know, like all you had was maybe the guy down the road that might know a thing or two about what he was doing in a garage or whatever. Like we didn't have the internet. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have nothing like very little resources, you know, at best you had a manual, which was fuck those manuals. I mean, they're not the best either. So having the ability now to reach out and say, Hey man, I got a shit show I'm dealing with. I don't know what the hell's going on. Have you ever seen this before? And being able to just instantaneously from across the world or different country, whatever, help somebody out. Fuck man. It just melts my heart. I, I really, really enjoy it. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very cool. You know, it's back in the day when I was in the Fox bodies, I've never been to Fox bodies my whole life. I used to just drive around my buddy Rod and just talk Fox bodies and Cobra R's first, you know, they were cool then. Right. Yeah. So it was like, you dream about these crazy things and then, for everything to come full circle to where, where it is now, it's almost like surreal, right? Like when I got the first magazine with my car in it, it was like looking at this thing for days. I was like, wow, like this is, this really happened. Like it's almost hard to believe sometimes it's hard to take in, you know, but I've made some really good friends through the community and that's more important to me than anything. Yeah. Uh, people always will be first for me, even though I'm not such an outgoing person. Like I'm not going to walk up to strangers, and be like, how you doing? But people are always going to be first to me no matter what. So, and I like talking to people about the car. It's, it's nice to hear people appreciate your hard work, you know, and to pass on, you know, I'm very OCD, like body lines matter to me. Gaps matter to me. Like your paint matters to me. So it's, it's nice to have people reach out and I can give them information and, or, or have them contact Jeff or Jesse yeah. and help them with their path, you know, to reach their goals. So I enjoy it. It's nice. Yeah, buddy. I couldn't agree with you more. It's uh, it's an, it, again, it's a neat world. As long as you use it for good, this whole social media world. Um, it's a really neat world that we all can exist within and help each other. And I mean, just, make this thing better, you know, like fucking, I don't know. I it, like as much as I get a kick out of coming down in the garage or going to the shop and having a beer and just kind of being on my own, like as long as you got a plan of attack. Now, if you don't know what the hell you're doing or where to go next, like you feel like you've hit that brick wall. Well, that's where a lot of this stuff comes in handy. I mean, being able to reach out to somebody and say, look, I fuck, I don't know. I mean, I, I changed the plugs and it won't start or whatever. Right. Um, all the way up to something as, as, uh, custom as, is what, you know, you've got with your coupe. So yeah, it's, uh, it's neat if used in the right manner, you know, for sure. And and not for nothing, it's opened my eyes to a lot of different things too. Like if you asked me four years ago, if I would ever consider owning a dash, I would laugh at you. Right. (laughs) I would be like, I'm an American. No way. You know what I mean? (laughs) But but because you know, I met Chris and I was able to help him out. It's changed my, my perspective of that a lot more, you know, like now I'm like, I'm not going to say I own a hatchback dash and definitely not a dual wing dash, 
but <laughs> I can see myself in a slammed, lowered, you know, Dash Cruiser for sure. And I'm super interested in his four-eyed car, like super interested. <laughs> I'm interested in my own four-eyed car. I can't wait to get that thing back. Right. So, I mean, he, all this, you know, at the end of the day, like it can change your perspective on things too. Like, you yeah. know, so it's, it's very, it's, it's cool, man. Well, Tell me you. what. Sorry, Chris. Um, I was just, as long as we're on the four eye topic, I wanted to get your thoughts on the interior of a four eye. Where are you at there? Mine? Mm -hmm. Oh, it could totally be done right. Yeah? It could totally, totally. Yeah. You just got to give it an old school vibe. Okay. Uh, the, the right overlays. Um, here's the thing, right? If you enlist the right people, so everyone's like, oh, do it yourself, do it yourself. Nah, yes and no, right? Like sometimes you have to enlist companies like Evod, right? So like if I if I had somebody like that come scan that, like they can make you something very, very unique. It costs money, but it can definitely be done. Anything can be done. Anything can be made nice if you're willing to go that extra mile, right? And people will say, I don't have the budget. Well, Here's my theory. If you can afford to save $1,500 or $1,100 for SVE wheels, you could afford to save $3,000 for a different wheel. It just takes longer. Are you willing to wait longer, right? Like for me, it took me four years. I'm not putting SVE wheels on my car. No offense. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> Plain and simple. It's not going to happen. I will wait another three months, six months to get the wheels I truly want. That's just how I see it. So right. we can make four-eyed. I would actually like to get involved with this with Chris and bring Jesse in a little bit too, because that four-eyed interior could be something seriously awesome. If I got the seats already. I don't know if you've seen them. No, I haven't. So I have um, Recaro seats with white uh, diamond stitch. Nice. So, um, yeah, I wanted kind of mix the modern with the old school but yeah like i'm thinking like leather wrapped and stitched dash pad um you know and i got uh already got my gauges and stuff picked out i'm not going to give away all the details but yeah we can take that offline and, and see what right. we can come up with my 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 thing about the four eye that i'm really happy about are all these guys that started grafting the uh terminator bumper onto the front like right. it, it's just become this acceptable thing that everybody is doing more so on the GTs. But I think that's paving my way into putting uh, the Dutch kit on a four eye notch. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at, at Foxtoberfest that setup you're talking about the Terminator on a four eye and you know, what looks out of place to me, the fog lights. Yeah, it's, um, and you know what? I feel like some of them, it's almost, and I feel like the Roush cars did it. It's almost like the center of the bottom of the bumper came up and then it kind of like drooped down around the fogs. Like it's not straight cut or maybe it's right. the way that they're getting grafted onto that bumper, like in order to like meet underneath that molding, like maybe it's flexing it or I don't know what's going on. And then that, that other issue is normally on the side where the fender extension is. A lot of guys don't get that right 
and it ends up like sticking out or a line isn't straight. Um, but yeah, no, and then just, it's weird because you got the square headlights and then or triangular almost looking, right? right. Parallelogram almost. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, you got a bubble. It's not just that it's round. It's that it's a, it's a bubble housing. Yeah. It and like then protrudes. around light. Yeah. yeah. It like protrudes. It's like so a eyeball sticking at, out. I was actually <laughs> looking at your car thinking like the two things, like if I was to do a dash, like I could tell you right now, the two things that would definitely happen would there would be a lip spoiler for sure. One way or the other. And fog lights, I feel like you guys remember like those back in like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, those little tiny PETA lights. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So like there's not a lot of room on the front of the dash bumper. But you could definitely those recess like those little PETA lights. So it doesn't it doesn't protrude, but maybe have a good fiberglass guy work them in there properly. And I think that would bring a lot more character to the front of the dash car. Cause I feel like cars with side, like ground effects uh, almost need, need fog lights. Right. I, just the way I, I see it. Right. So That's I don't interesting. Know. See, I've always thought the, I've seen some people, at least in photos, which is totally different than in person, but I've seen people from what I can tell, pull off that 0304 Terminator front end on a four eye. But I think if, and I'm not a body man by any stretch of the truth, but the the trouble would be that four eye front end is so like 90 degree, almost square. And that lower valance of the 0304 Cobra is so round. So I'm trying to think how the fuck they make that without changing the the overall like feel of that 0304 cobra well, how do they make that's it what's happening contour I think that's what's happening right because like what i was saying like there's something about the bottom of the bumper that just it's losing its original shape i don't know how to really explain it and i think that that's from literally pushing Ending. that contour straight up against like where the license plate area would be and then, yeah, of course, they're like panel bonding or, or God knows whatever they're doing to to get it to adhere there. PL um, 400. <laughs> yeah. It, right. it, the other thing, too, with the Dutch kit, you know, when I was doing all my test fitment, um, the one thing is there's actually more room or like underneath the moldings, the bumper actually dramatically tapers inwards, which actually gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of adding material up against the molding. Cause it's just, there's a void underneath it almost. You don't really see it visually, but like compared to an aero car, like there's only like a little bit, does it eventually, but it comes down and then it gradually kind of curves in, you know, underneath where, where your plated go, but it's naturally pretty flat. Those four eyes, it's almost like, a, like just, cuts right in so i was surprised because the dutch kits were designed for a narrow car the rear bumper is actually a harder fit than the front the front actually fits really good the rear there's a little bit challenges because it's boxier on the corners of that rear bumper it's not as rounded as uh, as the aero car so the dutch kits gonna have to get a little massaged and i'm still debating if i'm gonna mold it in or if I'm going to try and like piece it on like a, like a normal kit, like 
molding it sucks because you're liable for cracks, but man, it looks so killer. Like when you open the door and that side skirts molded right into the rocker just panel, just, like, man, it just looks so, it looks better than a GT. Cause even a GT has got a seam there. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah. it looks like it's meant to be there. Right. The so only have thing to see was, what Spike says. Yeah. The only thing about that is God forbid, as low as you are, if you ever did smash it, you know what I mean? That's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, yeah, my, maybe it needs to be on air or whatever. You know, it's going to be a solid color. That's all I can say. So at least if it's a solid color, I'm good to blend. But, you know, I'm good to paint a panel um, if right. I have to. And that's what I'm keeping in mind. Like my even my white car, Tom, that you drove, it wasn't. It's not too bad with white ice pearl. But man, if that was like a um, you know, any other like colored pearl, or if it was a metallic, we know that that end up being a shade off or you'd be yeah. blending like several panels and it'd be harder. Yeah. To Gary's point, he was saying that he, you know, the square with the round, that's kind of what I like about the idea that I think I, I personally like the idea of the dash on a four eye better because it does, ha it's more round with the contrast of the square. It's like, think of it like, like home designers, right? Like, square room round table like you get what i'm saying like they design yeah. things like that so I, i'm more intrigued by that to see how that actually turns out and the rendering i saw was awesome yeah so i think it's gonna be cool okay boys so uh four eye interiors just to bring us a little bit back from the front end of the four eyes um <laughs> the thing that throws me so i can warm up to that whole flat dash deal and we talked about it, I think it was with Gearhead and uh, that fella 81 SVT coupe, right? That's really nailed that sand beige coupe down. Um, the thing, and now he's actually done something like this that I'm about to mention. It, it, chances are I'll, I'll give him the credit. Maybe I've, I've cooked this idea up just from seeing his whole deal, but it's the console to dash transition. So... In our four-eyed car, or pardon me, our aero cars, you've got that kind of winged-out console area, right, that blends nicely up and into the dash. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, 81 SVT Coupe has done something similar in like a triangular manner. It's almost like a holy shit handle out of aluminum or something that he's done to kind of blend from console to dash. And those four-eyed cars, I mean, it's almost like an old Camaro, right? Like, it's just like, well, we got a fucking tranny hump and then we're just going to stop it and we're going straight to dash. And what the hell do you do with that great big void? Right. I think you gotta, you gotta sort of treat it like an old Porsche. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's sort of how it is. And, and I think you're right. That transition is, is awkward. Um, I do love the little, car display with the with the old school led lights like right. you know back when there was actually a low fuel light you know and tell you what what the fuck's going on and everything um i think there's an opportunity there which maybe me and tom can come up with something um and the the radio area is another one that's it's a little bit of a struggle like if you're trying to put something in that looks like it's supposed to be there, but it's aftermarket. You almost can't like, and that's something to consider for sure. Like to me, I'm almost thinking like, 
one of my amplifiers just has a built-in Bluetooth um, receiver in it. So you can literally just turn the amp on via accessory and then connect to the Bluetooth via amp. And then you don't even need a head unit whatsoever. Um, So, you know, that might be something to go after. Um, That's where kind of the trickiness comes in, unless you start modifying the the actual dash frame and everything else. The climate controls kind of suck. That's another one. You know what I mean? Fucking truck style, goofy thing. Yeah. It's like you're trying to like, an old toaster, you know what I mean? Just just push it down. When's, when's my toast going to be ready? <laughs> and they serve a purpose. Like they, from a functionality standpoint, they do what they're supposed to do, right? They've got that kind of tactile clunk every time you go to a new setting and stuff. But yeah, the dial was a, a huge leap in the right direction, you know? Yeah. yeah. See, I kind of like the, I kind of like the no transition. Like I, I, I like old and new, like mixing the two. So I think if you if you make a center console that transitions into the dash, it kind of takes away from it. I think there's opportunity there if you. I mean, it would take some thought, but I I think what I would personally do is I would probably go look for modern cars that that may have um, or even more modern cars that have something that's that doesn't connect the two. And try to maybe steal off that. Like I would probably start doing some searching, because I'm sure there's something something out there that would make sense if if you do a little research with it. So maybe pull from another another genre. You know Tom, what I'm saying? As you're saying this, this sounds like we're in a goddamn spitball fucking whiteboard meeting here. But uh, as you're saying this. It came to me, you know, who has done a really cool job of like thinning things out yet doing a really neat transitional point on that kind of transmission hump to dash is the McLaren. Uh, uh, fuck. I can't agree. No, uh, no. sort like we're going like real exotic, like newer exotic McLaren. All right. Seven. LP, no fuck. That's, that's Lambo. Shit. That's that. That's that piece of shit Lambo that your friend was gonna buy. Right, right. Um, the the 720s. Is that it? Where there's a six, there's a six and a seven. I I got. I want to say it's a something with a seven. And it's got this like like you can put your hand through behind the um, center console to the passenger side. And I think yeah. they've done almost like a, a bit of a Tesla screen or something like a rectangular screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cause I want to say even my, uh, my F430, it had, it's almost like if you took that four, I where those, that little idiot onboard computer, like the picture of the car with the LEDs, if you almost chopped that off, and it was this carpet there. Like that's how my F430 was. You know what I mean? That had you had your couple buttons right there, whether you like for park and reverse, right. and then you know, a few other features. So it was it was almost more disconnected than what that 4i is now. And I would almost go more along that line. Um tying it all in. You know what I mean? And just pull it back the other way and just keep the that center console, keep it as simplistic as possible um 
And I'm sure there's, there's a number of ways to do it. I think I, I, I like what Tom's saying, or like, even what you are like with, you know, you just got to look at other stuff. Um, yeah. Like I said, I know all the older Porsches, they were all designed that way. Um, that's something else that you could bring in too. You know what I mean? Like instead of the door handle, you see old leather pull, pull strap mm -hmm. to open the door. Right. True. Um, yep. That'd actually be a nice touch. Yeah, that's true. There, I haven't seen this pop up in a while, but I remember, I think um, Eddie EM performance there messed around with some of this guy's stuff, but there was a guy that was making buttons and you could put whatever the fuck you wanted on them. Like if you wanted like the Oh shit button, he'd inscribe Oh shit and put a picture of a shit emoji or whatever. You could, you could buy those online now. Other companies like kind of caught on to that. Okay. Yeah. Cause there was a, I think it was just like a one man band that was doing it before. And, uh, you know, like for nitrous buttons or whatever, right. And you could kind of cook up your own flavor, but if you were looking to put something down there in that kind of old school led, um, here's your, you know, Oh shit, something's going on with your car led light area. Um, and See, that's, in there. that's Gary. That's where I think I would, I would go like even more modern, right? Like I think I would go like, like just, we'll just hypothetically say like that screen, like maybe a Terminator X screen or, you know, some kind of something of that nature, or maybe even, maybe even get rid of like the functionality of it and make like a black plate, just put infamous that lights up when he turns the key on, you know, something like a personal touch like that. Would right. be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, you know, it'd be badass if you actually had like, an iPhone screen built in there and like pre-programmed to whether, like you said, whether you're showing, um, you know, kind of all the, uh, um, statistics of, of what's going on with the car, you got AFRs or you got pressures right. or you got whatever, um, you know what I mean? Um, you could do that. And then, yeah, if you wanted to do display or, you know, it can control, it could be everything, but small, like compact size, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah, there's there, there's a lot that can be done there. Yeah, like Which, branding. I mean, branding could be done there. Just like his, yeah. you know, just I can picture it. Turn the key, boom, infamous. You know what I'm saying? That's so simple to make. Like have someone yeah. water jet out. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do there. Yeah, I'm right. gonna think about that. So speaking, I'm gonna change the subject real quick because I think this is really cool. I think you guys will both appreciate it. So um, I did a video on. A gentleman that I met here who got that super low mile black notch with the Kenny Bell on it. Yeah. And um, so we were over at his shop looking at that. And we went over to his friend's shop that's unbranded, massive, that had all the Mercedes and everything else hiding in there, which is super cool. And he's like, man, if, uh, if you really want to see something neat, just take the next street down and you're going to see a bunch of similar, you know, commercial warehouse buildings make a right. He's like, you'll see 30 Ferraris parked outside. And if you take a peek inside, you'll probably see another 30. And that's all he said. I was like, okay. So, you know, as uh, notorious was with me. So you take the drive down sure as shit. There's like a lineup. And I mean, like, uh, 360s, 430s, 458s, 488s. There was even a scud there. Um, license plates like Oregon, New York, Florida, Cali, like, okay. 
and and again like unbranded outside and the doors open so we walk in and there was everything there was a couple lambos in the mix but it was like it, it was dominated by ferraris everywhere so the guy comes over and he's like man like what's what's the deal what's going on here he's like oh we're doing all manual conversions and i'm like no shit so i'm sure you guys know like if you got whatever if you got x ferrari and it's 150,000 in auto form. Well, if you got that car in manual, it's 300,000. Like right. the manual is literally double of what the auto or the SMG or F1 or whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? The, the pump, <laughs> the automatic pump. So mind you, none of us can shift as fast as that pump can, but it takes away from the experience. So this guy walks over probably my age or so um, or that was the guy we were talking to. And I'm like, oh, well, like, how do you get the manual stuff? Like, I get it. There's already a clutch in there. The transmission's already set up for it. But linkage, he's like, well, I had, I forget what model Ferrari he said he had. He was like, I had this Ferrari. I went to Ferrari to buy the linkage setup so I could convert my car. And they told me essentially to fuck off and we won't sell it to you because we're not going to allow you to convert your car from one thing to another. So he said, fuck you, I'm going to make it myself. In the back of this warehouse, a fucking CNC machine that they're fucking machining out all of the linkages from scratch, guys. Like, yep. I mean, that whole shifter fucking bezel, all of the linkage in between it. They do the clutch pedal assembly. They do all their hydraulic lines. And they literally just go in. Then you just got to buy a clutch. You know what I mean? And, um, or you don't have to buy a clutch, sorry. Um, you just have to um, install um all the necessary linkages and everything else you buy like the the boot or or the other things that you need to kind of cover up from where the auto ship was and um that's it he's got a line or wait list until 2025 oh those fucking cars um he uh all over the world he's like canada mexico he's like i've had the middle east you know saying hey come over here and, and get going on this um fucking phenomenal operation so he only and he only charges like i want to say it was like 35k for the swap which for me no, you know, not that it, it is nothing like i think the weight uh makes it um i guess for the worst case uh or the worst part of it so you'd have to hold on and wait until he can do it but you know he had a spider a 430 spider he bought off uh bat for 120 he's like but for 120, I did the swap. I posted back up and sold for two. <laughs> like, Holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. It's the pedigree isn't there. It's not an original manual Ferrari. But at the end of the day, if I have a Ferrari again, I want it to be manual. I, I don't want right. fucking thing shifting itself. So anyways, that was really, it was so cool to just see some guy. And he received a letter from Ferrari to, like cease and desist all operations. And so he had to talk to his legal. They're like, they can't do anything. So he fucking tore it up. I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to bring this back towards Mustangs, I'm wondering how long it's going to take until the GT 500 gets six speed in it. The new one. Oh, right. Well, someone's going to do it. Yeah. I just seen one the other day. Now, I don't know how they're going to do it because there's 
going back to the previous chat prior to Ferraris, like there's going to be some console modifications that have to take place because they've done the Dodge dial deal, right? Like drive, park, fucking reverse, whatever. Um, so there's going to be some heavy interior modifications, but I'd like to see that. Now, to your point, Chris, I'll throw my hands in the air and say, yes, technology has overtaken our mechanical abilities. We cannot shift as fast as these computers can and, you know, and hydraulic assist and all this other shit. However, I don't know, guys. I I wouldn't be going for a GT500 that's an automatic. That's just me. You know, you know what the, the perfect uh, comparison is? It's the Lightning. I remember when the Lightning came out and everyone was like, how the hell? Because the SRT10 came out, you know, with a stick. not too much thereafter. And it's like, oh, okay, now you got 500 horse um, that's manual. And now the new world's fastest production truck. So they claimed. Um, now, I, I think back then the biggest hurdle because an F-150 was an F-150. You can get a clutch pedal out of a manual regular F-150. So your pedal assembly was solved. Transmission tunnel was the same. Yeah. Um, it, it all came down to tuning for back then in the day. And I remember to this day, a guy in SVT performance, his name was like Banshee or something. He figured it out and he was like the first guy. And from there, the swaps, they never really caught on amazingly enough. Um, I'm surprised that um, they didn't go further, especially for all the transmission. Well, the whole five, four is a nightmare to start with, Um, (laughs) but then you add on, you know, the transmission um, and everything else. So it kind of seemed like the problem was you leave them stock and you leave them alone and they last a long time. As soon as you go built, I haven't seen a built lightning motor that stayed together. You know, I just, all I hear is the nightmares and I'm in the exact same boat. A guy called me the other day wanting a Godzilla and he's gone through four motors. I know blower horse gone through like nine motors. Like it's just those five fours are a nightmare. So maybe that's people are scared of even doing any of that. Cause especially if you, you can start shifting gears and start hitting rev limiters, those connecting rods are weak. And that was the, always the downfall. People would be in overdrive, smash the gas and, and they downshift too. You know what I mean? And that'd throw a rod right through the block. So maybe that's it. Now, going back to uh, new modern technology here, if somebody can figure out the pedal assembly, which a lot of people are figuring out new pedals these days um, and, and get the tuning, which tuning doesn't seem to be a problem. Every time a computer is locked, somebody's unlocking it. Every time right. somebody says this can't be done, somebody's, you know what I mean? Whether it's turning off daytime running lights or showing some fancy deep uh, feature and hijacking the gauge cluster, like somebody's got it figured out. So I think sooner than later we'll see it. Yeah, every, I mean, anything can anything can be done. It's really anything can be done. Just matter if you want the time or the money to do it. It's literally what it boils down to, honestly. And a lot of that stuff I think starts in the racing world. I think you see that stuff in the racing world first, usually, and then it kind of trickles down because yeah. I don't know why that is, but that's what I see anyway. Well, and Tom, I mean, you've got a car that I think the the go fast purists would argue that it should have some whatever turbo 400, you know what I mean? Like just a fucking go straight fast 
transmission in it. Right. But you've gone the other route with it, which I 1000% admire because it's a driver's car and you want to go out and you want to bang gears and it's a five speed, right? What is that tranny? Five, five speed. I, I refuse to put a T56. In. Okay. It was <laughs> plain and simple. The car came at a five speed. I wanted to keep it a five speed. And again, I don't drive the car around at 940 horsepower, right? That's what tuning's for. That's what, that's where to me, modern technology is cool. Like almost resto mod. I feel like our cars are going more resto mod on a daily basis. I yeah. like that combination. So I can just hit a button and make 650 or whatever the hell I got tuna having. But no, I refuse to do two T56. Every Fox spot I ever own will either be an automatic or a five speed, plain and simple. I'm just so not do you have it. a stock T5 in there or you got like a Tremec? I have a Tremec TKX. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And what gear, what gears are you running in the back? Uh, 355s. Okay. You're so doing all right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really, I'll let you drive it. Well, are you going to be at four takeover, Chris, or are you not making that one? Um, I'll see. I'm going to try, like, I might not get my cars to every event, but I want to try and like, at least make it out. You know what I mean? It's, well, you saw what I had to go through just to, to get up to yeah. that or to have a car there. You know what I mean? I want to, my goal is to have three cars at Foxtoberfest. So I really want to like focus all my energy on getting what I need to get done for that show. And then the other ones like Mustang week um, it is another one that I think I'd like to try and get to again. I, I might just be there, no car beer in my hand and having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I'll let you drive it. What I mean, if you're there, I'll let you, I'll let you take it for a ride. You can see it for yourself. I mean, for what it is, it's, it's, it's not your car going down the road. But it's it's very very mild mannered for for what the car is like it's very drivable. You, you unless might you don't want it to be. What was that? Unless I don't want it to be right. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm sure even on low tune, this thing's a fucking handful. It it gets a little crazy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen. The idea of the car was like, I, as I get older, I don't have time to go to the drag strip anymore. I'm just not. I'm more into like the looks now, but I wanted performance when I wanted performance. So I was just like, you know, Gary, we've talked about this, like technology allows us to do things we were never allowed to, like we can never do before. You know, my car has four different exhaust sounds just by hitting a button, Yeah, you know, front cutout, two rear cutouts, bypass the mufflers. I can shut them off. I can make it sound bone stock, or I can make it sound like a full out race car. You know, the idea was to try to, you're never going to get like low. You're never going to be drag race hundred percent. You know, you're always going to sacrifice one way or the other, Yeah. but we've come a lot closer where we can have kind of both if we want to, you know what I mean? So that was the idea, you know, just get as close as I can to have everything. Right. And, you know, that yeah, there's always a trade-off, right? Right. I know I heard, uh, a buddy say this the other day so he had an old square body chevy that was all spun up and had some pretty interesting stats and uh he goes you know everywhere i went in this thing little short box regular cab black pickup everybody was always light them up light them up light them up he's like you know what it doesn't they're like what really he's like this thing fucking wheelies like seriously just fuck off and leave me alone right <laughs> <laughs> it's great <laughs> 
Yeah. But you know what's what's the most badass, Tom? Is when you have a convertible and you just leave the top up. It's like all that horsepower. I you have the option to put the top down, but you just don't choose to do it. Yeah, verts look better with the top up. Oh fuck you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They like I, I give you that. They do. <laughs> Your head would bail all over this too, right? He or no, he. Yeah, he's top up too, right? Yeah. No. Uh, Matt, gearhead. Yeah, yeah, oh. gearhead's top. Well, Tiffany always puts the top down, which I'm excited to see. I, I didn't do any footage at the chocolate box except for I featured his car for him through his GoPro. So I guess I'm like going to be the host of that episode. So I'm, wow. I'm very interested to see how that turns out. It's great. Which, like, Harris, who, fuck, I just reached out to him the other day. Um, what a beauty episode that was. <laughs> I, I listened to it myself. I'm like, fuck, I, I lost track of time. Like, I could have, I don't know. Not Dude, trying- he, he got me at the whole, like, being conceived in a fox. Oh, body. my God. I was just like, I was this laughing is too my much. Ass I was laughing my ass off. He is such a fucking beauty, that guy. So... Now, anyway, fucking more on the verts. Uh, he's always got the top down in Grandpa Vert, and that car looks great top down. That's I'm, so is that's so is Hurricane Blow. Yeah, true. He's kind of got that whole. You know what I mean? That's the, That's just him. Like I almost, I can see him in a hat. I couldn't see him in a coupe. You know what? It just it doesn't fit his style because a coupe um, is either drag race car or to me is like slammed down on, on the ground like more like um fuck i don't know it's just not a retro thing you know what i mean um yeah. unless maybe it had like like a mini truck harris <laughs> belongs in a mini truck with like oh my god seven different paint colors and lines you're know yellow I mean? and like, purple yeah 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 that's <laughs> the thing is he would pull it off though totally oh, right? He would. right like he, he would, would own that and it would be cool you know <laughs> if i did it it would be like it would not be cool <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah if any of us did be like, look at this fucking knothead right harris yeah like he's got it i know and chris brought this up he's like dude how do you like just it's like a fucking aura that you have about you that's like 80s, 90s. And that was how we hooked him into telling us how his mom had him in the, or didn't have him, but at least conceived him in the back of a fucking four cylinder hatch. <laughs> great, man. Makes me laugh. It's too cool. Oh, absolute beauty. But yeah, the, uh, that's the thing with verts, right? Up or down. You got both, uh, both options. And up resembles a coupe. So if you saw one real quick, you might right. think coop going by you, right? So I'm, I'm an up guy. I'm an up would guy. You, <laughs> would you consider having a, a vert, Tom? I would. I would. Uh, I would definitely slam it, though, for sure. Yeah. Big wheels. You know, I would almost be interested in seeing 19-inch wheels on a vert, honestly. Because yeah. I, think, I think a vert could really pull it off. I mean, well, a coupe, in, you're allowed to do whatever you want to a convertible. No one's going to give you a hard time about it. This right. 
<laughs> yeah, I would definitely do it. I mean, I would definitely be no luggage rack. That would be gone. You know, I would do a vert. I, I think it would be cool. I'm There's just... actually a guy reached out to me um, maybe last week. He's got a really nice, and I forget what the paint code, it's like a gunmetal gray color that was the Fox color back in like the eight, late 80s. So his car's like 88 Mope, or 89. Mope gray. Yeah. Um, it's got gray interior. It's an LX. Super, super clean. Apparently it went to Celine to get a bunch of work done. It's actually got a Celine intake setup on it and a Vortec and a bunch of nice other mods. A really nice car. The guy's looking for, I think he wants like 14 or 15 for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but like it, it looks like you don't got to paint the car. You know what I mean? Like it, it looks like everything works, everything, the interior's mint in it. Um, I was just like, sorry, man, like I'm I'm maxed out. I got all the projects I need right now. But right. if I was looking for a convertible, um, it'd definitely be a really nice one to uh, to pick up. Send over the link. Yeah, I will. They're a whole nother animal, buddy. Uh, I'll be that's there. what I hear. I mean, I've never owned one. But the more, you know, you know, uh, are you guys familiar with Dominic Spano? Yeah. Yeah. He, his car has really like been intriguing me to like look more at that. And my mind goes like this 24 seven. Like I'm always like, well, oh, I need a four eye. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly over, all over the place. Like I need another car is what I do or, or I won't leave my car alone. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> you know, I got ideas for my car again. So um, that's a good point, right? Like, sometimes leaving well enough alone is is a thing in itself right and just having something else to focus your attention on um i know this vert did it for me for sure but yeah getting one like it's it's an animal in itself for sure I'd be the first one to admit it they they make noises that the other cars don't and uh they rattle they bang they whatever and it's a whole nother side of adjustment and restoration too and if you're, well, you mentioned it earlier, your OCD, like, you know, you roll that top back, hell, even with the top up, like there's cracks and crevices and shit that you don't have on coops and hatchbacks that you can't even, you got to be a contortionist to even reach to try to clean or restore or whatever. So, yeah, but I will say, and I know Chris speaks to this too, like top down, man, you see a whole nother side of the road in the world that you don't see otherwise. I've never really been a convertible guy in my younger, as I was younger, like I never considered one ever, but definitely I think they could be really cool. You know, I, you know what, you know, Gary, with everything, like the older I get, the more my taste changes. Yeah. Like I, I'm really into stock hoods right now. Like I would really like to put a stock hood on my car. It's just way cleaner looking. I'm finding myself really into old school wheels lately, which um, I got an idea. I don't know if I want to say it or not say it. And it might have been done already, but I was to hell. So I've really got a thing for stern wheels. And I'd like to almost like find step a set. Up. What was that? You're going to step them up to 18. Step them up. Custom barrels with my my offsets powder coat the barrel black like pretty much mimic my color combo right and then a stock hood on my car 
So I don't know, give it like a new school, old school feel. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I've really been thinking so, about that a lot. So the, um, the blacked out barrels, I haven't seen that done, but um, I know Donkey Fix It has stepped Stearns up to an 18. Um, one thing that you got to keep in mind is if you do find a set of Stearns, if you find them in 17s and they got a step lift, you don't want those ones because you'll have to double step them to get to 18. You need the reverse face, which is right. harder to find. Um, I've got a set. That's actually my plan for um, the Celine that I have is to actually get those stepped up to, to 18. But yeah, man, that's those wheels just with that extra little bit of size makes all the difference in the world. Um, yeah, I can I can vision envision it like I can see it on my car, you know, like, yeah, I would do the same exact color combo just with that wheel and a, and a stock hood, I think would be yeah like awesome now some yeah now someone will do man, it i hear you with the stock hood and the funny thing about my white car is i have the stock hood so right. the stock hood came off for the mach one because that's what you did back in the day and i'd sold the car but i still had the hood actually at my painter's shop and i took it and my friend put it up on his wall in his office he's using it as a whiteboard and um, needless to say, it's got some war wounds and stuff. It's all dinged up. But I was like, I want it because the VIN sticker is still on it because I always mask my VIN tags off. And I'm like, I want the original hood back on this car. But just with trying to get everything ready for the show, there was no way that that was happening. But like, I feel your same thing. And I was making the joke to Jesse, like, I'd like to, you know, clean up the bottom where the stone chips and everything are and put the stock hood back on. And um, I'm, I'm like, but if I wait another five, eight years, I bet you the Mach 1 hoods are going to be back cool in again. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'll just wait. <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? Because those, the, no, I don't care what anyone says. People, I hear it all the time. Oh, my, my cow hood, my fiberglass hood, my Cervini's fits perfect. Bullshit. They not, there's not one out there that fits perfect. It just doesn't. I don't care what you say. It's a wave, a warp, the gap. Something's not right about it, and it drives me insane. Yeah, it drives yeah. me insane. I agree. The, the MRT um, hood strut rods, too. I, like, I'm thinking about changing those and going to a red line because my hood is actually starting to get a little bit of a, a warp to it. Yeah. Those MRTs, which, which I didn't know when you get those, they really recommend you weigh your hood because they have them for steel, cal, fiberglass, like weight ratings. So I I didn't know that. And um, there's a, there's definitely a bow to the hood a little bit. And it's it's mm. making me lose my mind. I thought, <laughs> don't the red lines, people have issues with the hood sitting up too high near the back of the cowl, though? Like, you can't get the... Um, I think that was down. the older ones. Now, okay. I could Someone could correct me on this. But to my knowledge, there that was the older style. Like the new ones, I think are different. I don't. Right. I don't think because I think John Brooks just put them on his car, um, and that was a, a topic brought up. I think the new ones they corrected that issue. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know that's um, no. I hear you in the fiberglass hoods, man. To be honest, I've had a lot of Cervini's. The one in my white car is like a knockoff Canadian. Somebody made it with hours of block sanding in it, and it's still not even. Like the saving grace is that the car is white. You know what I mean? But um I want to say my favorite hood 
in terms of fiberglass is a company out of Florida called Canaan or Keenan or something like yeah. that. Um, it's what I have in the stalker vert. There's actually one on my 93 Cobra. It's, it's probably the closest you're going to get in terms of fiberglass, in my opinion. Um, not to knock on Cervini's stuff. It, it, Cervini's stuff is great out of the box in terms of other competitors, I want to say. Right. right. You know, for the average guy. But, man, fighting with that fitment, the thickness. And you know what? They're not that much lighter. Like, no. you're really not, especially if you get a true ram air hood, by the time you stick the undersection on there and put all that, it's not a weight saver. No, it's funny because, you know, years ago. <laughs> Sorry, boys. We're down. We're less than <laughs> I thought you had to go to the bathroom. You were like, put your hand. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> I need to shit. <laughs> like, what is he doing? <laughs> we're less than a minute here, boys. Tommy, how are you doing for time? I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I can grab another beer. All right. We'll do, one, do another round. All right, boys, hang tight. I'll cool. be right back. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Woodward is third weekend in August this year, I think. So it's like the largest, I think, cruise in the world in terms of from a vehicle standpoint. So right in Detroit. Um, I personally love Detroit. It's just such a fascinating city to me. Um, obviously, there's some good and some sad about, you know, the way that things went, but right. um, a lot of things have changed and, you know, you got mob steel up there, you got maker's garage worth the trip. Um, and then you just see so much badass stuff. It's just like anything goes on the street. Like I've seen done up garbage trucks. Like really it's just, Oh yeah. Like, dude, you name it, like everything from rat rod to like, like cars you should be seeing only on the drag strip. It's just like all weekend long burnouts in the streets. It's, it, it's, it's pretty insane. It's, um, it's really cool. So I think I'm making the trip because I'll throw it out here. So project blue brother, which was the Sonic blue Celine notch clone that, um, I, uh, I did a couple of years back. So that's coming back into my possession. Oh, nice. And um, so yeah, the, the gentleman that I sold it to, he's just not putting the miles on it. So, you know, he reached out, and, which I like getting first right of refusal type deals on. So um, that is one that I was actually sad to see go because it actually belonged to the brother who owned uh, my silver notch that I bought it off of. And um, it was actually a magazine feature card too, way back in the day um, with all its mods. It's got a uh, built 347 with a pro charger, fully intercooled. Um, so yeah, it'll be cool to uh, to get that one back. Are you going to bring that up there? Well, I'm thinking to get the car brought because it's in Canada. So if I can get it down to, uh, down to the show and then um, sort logistics out from there. Right, cruise it around and send yeah. it home. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That would be wild. Was what what's your take on like what the hell happened to Detroit? Seriously. Like, how do you go from the Mecca 
of automotive to total well, like they're okay <clears throat> not to go outsourcing well sourcing is cheaper because well, no, the well, last time i looked at this like they were leveling city blocks yeah so this is what happened like in a nutshell i could be wrong i did watch a lot of documentaries back in the day because i was really fascinated about it there's actually a term for people like me that's uh, it's called dark tourism and, and I didn't really, you know, kn- know this about myself until, cause like I've gone to Chernobyl, I've gone to like a lot of weird twisted places. And, and that's what happened to your fucking hair. You went to Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the hair was long gone before Chernobyl, but um, Detroit was the fastest growing city in the world to my understanding, you know, back in the day. And the city was, you know, booming with all of the motor company stuff. And my understanding is, is that they wanted all the employees or all the employees should be ambassadors and should have to drive the vehicles that are getting produced. Because what better way to do it? The problem was, is the city was the city. Nobody had a commute. So they expanded the city, which there's some ridiculous statistic in terms of the greater Detroit area and like how much land it takes up for the amount of population that was there. So the suburbs got created. So all of the poverty used to live on the outside. And then what happened was, is they pushed all of these people out. They were buying cars, they were commuting. Then a lot of the poverty moved to the inside the city centers, which usually helps bring culture. That's where a lot of the art came from, a lot of the music came from, all of those lovely things. And then, yes, moving on to Tom's point of um, outsourcing and everything else, well, sustainability for the amount of real estate that Detroit was, um, and then you had all the poverty in the middle, everything just kind of went to shit. And that's where, yeah, there was like what buying homes for a dollar. Right. Eventually, um, it was the, it went, and I think it was a hundred year span or very close to it. It was the fastest growing city to the fastest, most deteriorating city in the world. Like the, the cost of land per capita was cheaper than like a third world country. Like, there was crazy stats on it. So like, that's when all these foreign investors started coming in, they buy neighborhood blocks. And um, a lot of stuff was getting caught on fire. There's a really good documentary about the Detroit um, fire department and then just trying to keep up with all of the fires and because, because they get called to everything. You know what I mean? Like right. firemen aren't just there to put out fires or they're, they're doing a lot of emergency services. So just for them to try and keep up with that. I think the, um, is it the silver dome? I forget what the stadium was called that they used to have. I don't know. And, um, that stadium. And I almost, someone almost needs to Google it. Don't call me, but I swear to God, it sold for like $50,000. Come on. Like a stadium, like shit. And then man, if you just go on, like there's, um, adventure seekers they've gone through they go through all of these crazy old buildings like abandoned like you see old pianos and it's almost like going to Chernobyl to be honest with you 
But um, the good news of all of this is that they started mandating to say, okay, if you buy in the home, the housing price, the dollar homes, all that shit is long gone. Now. Um, you know, they're, they're doing the new, uh, the train station. I think GM bought it and they're um, rehabilitating that, which is like one of the most iconic parts of the city. Um, and they've mandated that if you buy a home that's abandoned or needs to be renovated, if you don't start renos within six months, I think they have the rights to like grab it back. So it's like, if you're buying, you got to be acting and, and doing it. So mm -hmm. last time I passed through was when I brought the M5 over from Dubai and I made my own gumball and we went through and they had like regentrified and like so much of like the eight mile, like area you never wanted to go was like new restaurants and shops and this brand new stadium. Um, I think it's little Caesars. So we actually went and watched a Pistons game there and super cool spot. They actually built it to hold more people outside of the spectator it's like a tailgater's dream in terms of an arena. Oh, All the beer you want anywhere, like you just go there, not to actually, you watch it on TV, but you're there. You know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. So that's, to me, the appeal is so cool because it's just so much history. And then you got the whole automotive influence and, and everything else. So when the Woodward Dream Cruise comes through, you just bring all of this crazy automotive stuff back in. Um, it's just such cool vibes. It, 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 are, are any of those buildings still up, like the old old uh, manufacturer buildings, like Ford or anything like that? I or think they, they are. Still... Yeah, a lot of them I think are. Like I think a lot of the demo was like in the you know the neighborhoods with the the homes that were just like uh, condemned and, and just not you know even worth saving. Right. Because mm. like you think places like that, well. Makers, right? In Detroit. And now, um, shit, I'm going to draw a blank on his name too. What the hell is his name? Jason? Is, yeah, Jason. <clears throat> he comes from a Ford background, right? Design background. Um, so you think of like industries like that, that um, spit people out or they leave on their own accord or whatever the case may be. Like how much of like the molds or the the you know what i mean like just the fucking documentation of cars exists in someone's basement or their fucking root cellar you know like that shit just makes my mind spin at a thousand fucking rpm you know yeah like, well, like tons of that shit tons of that oh, shit christ so so just to, because I knew I didn't want to be quoted, I, I Googled this. So the Silver Dome, I knew it had a five. So the former home of the Detroit Lions, it cost $55.7 million to build in 1975. All right. Yeah. Guess how much it sold for? What did you say? 50 grand? Yeah. I'm going to go with around 50. That so with, it, it was, it was 583,000. Really? Wow. <laughs> Jesus, Murphy. You could buy the goddamn stadium. Like, that's just... that You couldn't even buy a home in, in your neighborhood here. No. Right. No, seriously. What did you say? 587? 
583, and it cost 55.7 million in 1975. I forget when it actually sold. Um, probably like in the 2000s, earlier 2000s, right? But um, just insane. That's wild. That is um, awesome. So on the note of these like molds and, and whatever, just old tooling and stuff, like I've always been curious about stuff that was outsourced to say Mexico, right? Like where is that shit ended up? Because I'm sure there was- Like Jordan's like, car, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> whatever it is, body in white, right? Like yeah. these things end up in places and- sure like they do the whole legal deal like here's the cease and desist make sure you destroy everything whatever like i'm sure stuff falls off the back of the trailer let's just call it what it is you know and where is that shit like or you hope the hell that whoever has it hasn't passed away and didn't leave it in the will or you know what i mean like nobody knows about it and they bulldoze the house or whatever like that that stuff keeps me awake at night. Yeah, a lot of that shit. A lot of that shit probably gets thrown away, man. Like at this point, it's grandfather's leaving it to sons. You know what I mean? And they don't know what the shit. Like here's an example. Like my father. So my father was a machinist, and um, he. How do I say this? Um, so he fixed the machines that made parts for like the spaceship, like the space shuttles. No kidding. That was my dad. Yeah. Like the Bombay door actuators. My father actually fixed the machines that made those parts. Jeez. So like he would bring, and my, my grandfather actually helped work on Apollo 11, but that's a whole nother story. Why the fuck you've been holding out? We've been talking about your piece of shit car all night and your fucking parents are <laughs> rocket scientists. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say they're rocket scientists, but Jesus Christ. it's what they did, right? <laughs> So my father would bring this shit home from work, right? And I had no fucking interest in it. I was young. I didn't give a shit. Like, I was too busy chasing Taylor or whatever the hell it was. You know, I didn't care. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, let's just be honest, you know. So when he passed away, like, I never I never learned what that shit is. So I got an attic full of shit that I, I couldn't tell you what the fuck it is, Gary. No kidding. Like, I you know what I mean? So until I find someone who knows what this shit is, it's just going to sit up there and say, so we're going to Tom's place. We're building a space shuttle. <laughs> wow. Boys, yeah, like cool. we've, we've, we've come a long ways since this pod started. Now we've talked about like retrofitting four eyes, which bingo, right? I get all kinds of cool ideas. Like, do you get like paper or are we talking like metal bits and pieces? Like, like metal unobtainium and shit, <laughs> all kinds of shit. Listen, when he fuck, yeah, what the hell is that? That shit, mercury, right? Right. You guys know liquid mercury. Yeah. So I'm cleaning out his garage and I find a half gallon of mercury. <laughs> like, what do you do with that shit? You know what I mean? Like, holy yeah, Dinah. It, it was crazy, man. Crazy shit. I get yeah. excited when I see a can of R12 on someone's shelf, let alone see a can of fucking mercury. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to do with this shit. You know, I was going to play with it, you know, but people were like, oh, you can't fuck that stuff. Oh, my God. Whatever. No, apparently it'll eat your skin, but yeah. 
that is a wild uh, substance, that shit, mercury. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, that's probably where a lot of that tooling went, though. Like, some people got that shit sitting at their houses, and they have no idea what it even is, you know? Oh, and it probably looks like, because any real tooling, or like a mold, you know, right. and that's where I was always trying to, like, you know, thankfully the Dutch, the body kit molds are around, but there's no molds for the wings. They got lost, and I'm sure... Like if you actually looked at what a mold looks like, you'd probably be like, what the fuck is that? That looks like garbage, especially when you see a bunch of resin and everything else spilt over the sides. And you know what I mean? It'd just be, yeah, like to the average yep. individual, unless you know what that is, that shit's getting tossed. Or I think a lot of it is probably was sent to be destroyed, you know, and that's just probably the way that the policy was, unless somebody was smart enough to sneak it out the back. Um, or, you know, throw it in their car or go grab it from the dumpster. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff actually back, uh, back in Canada, there was a uh, general electric, they shut down one of their huge plants and everything went to auction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there was tons of stuff and like, you might not even know what you're bidding on. So or... those guys, like I could actually speak a little bit about that because of what I do. Like, so I, I don't know, Chris, if you know what I do, I work for, um, a power company, a very large power company. And I do all substation work, like big stuff, like 230,000 KV transformers, like transformers, dump truck size. Right. Right. So they had all these old, like, um, like our old generating plant with like turbines, you know, to produce electricity. So when it's time for that stuff to go here, like in the United States, like, outdated to us that stuff gets shipped off to like third world countries like islands and shit and they still run all that stuff really yeah yeah i watched four of them i watched a crew of guys come in and um they broke them down cut them up and shipped them off to to different islands different places and that's what they do yeah all by g it's pretty wild see and this has always been my thing right i'm always like if I wanted to start like a full blown, like turn them out kind of Henry Ford style assembly line, resto mod, hot rod, carburetor type shop, I'd go to those places. Like I'm talking, I say Cuba, but you know, Cuba is just the easiest one for me to, to point out because those fucking guys haven't had anything dropped off on that island in years and they're making old shit work. Like right like sort of. It's uh, even like in Mexico, you can get uh, old school beetle. My friend had like a 1992 Mexican beetle, which was like the 50 style, um, but like brand new. No shit. And yeah, like, you know, some of those countries, yeah, whether maybe they're, and I have no idea, maybe Mexico was manufacturing some beetles back in the day, um, you know, for, for export and they just kind of kept popping them out or maybe they just got you know some of the tooling and said whatever we're just gonna make some beetles <laughs> they got like there's like people people like literally go around like the our country like my you know united states i should say and uh like search for motorcycles cars just their job is to buy them and ship them there i had a harley that i sold to a guy and i didn't know he, he showed up offered me full price no questions it's like oh man cool i hope you enjoy it he's like oh i'm not i'm not gonna ride this this is going to a shipping container and it, it's it's out of here done he'll double his money really that's all he, that's all he does for a living just buy stuff 
ships it overseas, and that's that. It's wild. It's, it's like this goddamn Earth we live on is different fucking planets sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff just blows my mind. You know? But you got to go right. there to experience it. Like, what the hell do they do with these substations? But now, okay, try to bring this back into something that I can actually talk back about. Back down to Earth? Well, sort of. For anyone out there that gets a kick out of watching wild shit, I've stumbled onto a couple of YouTube channels that uh, I don't know where, but like I'm going to say maybe Pakistan or something to that effect where it's all about these guys in these machine shops that'll take like, I'm talking snapped crankshafts out of big rigs and they'll weld them, lay them up, true them up and put them back together all in the same fucking day, right? For probably, I don't know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 25 bucks. You know what I mean? Like nothing that you would imagine paying at a machine shop here in North America, like making brake pads and like casting shit out of what looks to be a kid's sandbox. Like it's fucking mind blowing what these guys are doing. I have to say that my time in Dubai, if you could find the right people, it was absolutely unbelievable what you could get done for the cost. You know, like tons of the wrecks from North America or flood damage or whatever that would never get repaired here because everybody loves insurance money. It all goes over there. They'll repair stuff that you think you'd never be able to put back together. But some of the other things like you're saying, like even um, when I put the supercharger on my M5, I had to get the cast plenum drilled out and get the blow off valve TIG welded, you know, on there. And it took me probably the better part of a day to find somebody who was willing to, to do it. But, you know, I found this guy who drilled it out, did all of the welding, did everything else. It took him maybe half an hour cost me less than 20 bucks and Jeez. he did it all with no safety glasses flip-flops on with like <laughs> metal shavings like falling down in his toes um you know just didn't give a fuck probably been doing that type of work his whole entire life and um yeah it, it's just it's unbelievable how resourceful some other places or how they make things work or how they can actually make things work better because we're too worried about a payday or, you know what I mean? Insurance is paying for it or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just throwaway. It's so true. Speaking of other countries, did you guys ever get somebody on here from uh, overseas? No oh, shit. Not yet, Tom. Fuck. Well, UK is overseas, but now oh, we're right. Yeah, we do. Uh, we need to get someone from over there. And I actually saw or I've noticed, I feel like there's been more Fox bodies being listed up for sale, which normally you're not used to seeing. I don't know if it's a shift in social media or what, but I've seen there's a few guys that I follow from Kuwait and I've seen a couple more for sale, Fox for sale ads where one was a reef notch. I think I told you this, Gary, and I think it went back to Canada. So it's actually like going the other way that we're used to seeing. Right. Which right. Um, I don't know if it's change in market, change in demand, or 
just kind of the the way that social media is showing content. I don't know. Yeah, I know because um, yeah, like the overseas you're referring to, Tom, like that kind of Middle East overseas. Because yeah. Um, yeah, we had Chris from the UK. I actually. Um, I just mailed out a, one of my 3d printed delete plates to a fella in Scotland. There's a Fox hanging out over there somewhere. Um, I've chatted with some guys from Sweden and a guy from, ah, shit. It's something like Lithuania or something like Lithuania. It's a tiny little, tiny little guy over there. Yeah. So they're around, but to your point buddy i mean i know what you're talking about that that middle east thing it really intrigues the shit out of me it really truly does because somehow i don't know if they're shipping stuff from over uh in the u.s right like if they got a just a direct line to lmr or whatever it is but they seem to be putting these cars back to like showroom format and 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 not just a couple gary a lot there's a lot you see the and i think these guys i mean chris you know you you've been over there so you you understand a little bit more about this but i mean i don't think money is necessarily an object for a lot of these folks and uh you know they've got cars that we would only dream of seeing in our garages but yet they want a fox too right so you're kind of like wait a minute here like this is all back ass words, if you ask me, because we're all trying to get to that higher end stuff and hanging out with the foxes because that's all we can afford. But anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's uh there's definitely some more money over there. Cars are a very, very important thing. Um, you know, I think we had the conversation about the license plates and how, you know what I mean, it, it's a status thing and the plates are typically worth more than the cars. You know, once you start getting into the um, the lower digits or the sequences. So, um, yeah, I think there's that. And there's sort of like an element. There's definitely, there's a huge pride uh, factor with a lot of the vehicle stuff. The interesting thing, though, that I find, they're really good at the racing. I feel like the styling part is almost a little bit more behind to a point where it'll almost catch up. You know what I mean? Like when I was there, like underglow was a big thing and like Lambo doors and like all that shit that we saw from like the early two thousands, like it was still valid there where, um, you know, over here, like, man, I'm, I'm sure if all of us saw Lambo doors and the Fox body at a show, we'd all kind of just give ourselves open eyes, like what the fuck. But, um, you know, to, to each their own, you, you got to respect, you know, what's going on and and what people like, but, um, it's amazing on, again, they don't have primed, well, they have prime delivery, but they don't have like LMR. I get my LMR shipments next day. You know what I mean? Um, they're stacking containers of stuff at, you know, any given time and pretty much probably sending enough to rebuild you know, five cars at a time, probably, and all going in together and saying, oh, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And they just fucking just grab it all and send it. And 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 sometimes, underglow is still cool, bro. bro. Oh, underglow is still cool. Underglow should have never left. If it's done properly, you're good. Um, I I just did it. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> Bringing it back. I'll tell you that. I'll so, tell you that. The other thing, um, you know, like that Sonic Blue Lightning that my friend Lewis has, like the individual who owned it bought it brand new to Washington, got it built in the U.S. first, and then sent it over built. Um, and there was one, the probably the craziest story that I read, and I think it's on SVT Performance somewhere, is when the Raptor first came out, there was a group of guys can't remember if they were from Saudi or Bahrain or it was a Middle Eastern country. And I guess they, every year they'd go for a hunt in Africa. They literally were looking for aftermarket parts, sort of like we're looking at aftermarket stuff for the Godzilla's right now. They're like, what can we bolt on these Raptors, <laughs> like superchargers, whatever. We want four of them built. We want them all shipped to Africa so we can, fucking drive them through the Sahara desert um, and go hunting with them. Like, Holy shit. Just next level shit. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy. They're, they're serious about their vehicles. That's for sure. It seems it. It seems it. But I'm going back to Underglow. So <laughs> I'm stuck Is this under- Harris or Tom? <laughs> so I was looking. It's like I talked earlier about, um, you know, bringing other genres into like the Fox Body world and making their shit cool. So I was at Foxtoberfest and people are like walking around my car with their flashlights on at night to try to see like the engine belt. So I'm like, fuck, man, like I should put a light under here, you know? So I start looking around and I go to the import world, right? And those guys light up their whole whole shit with like underglow and street glow and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like I should do something like that. So I go to Jeff. I'm like, we're going to put underglow on this. And he actually had the idea. He's like, hey, man, let's use rock lighting from four by four trucks because it's way brighter. It's way cleaner look. And uh, we could, you know, strategically place them. So I ended up I got two mounted up underneath my hood. I don't know. I posted a picture but I don't think anyone caught on to it. Like uh, that was actual underlighting, like purple. And then I just strategically mounted six underneath. It's, it's four times brighter than those led strips. Really? Way cleaner. Yeah. I got, I'll, I'll post the video of it soon, but the, the, the lights on the engine bay are awesome. Awesome. I, I got to send you pictures. Well, buddy. So I saw that photo and I thought, I wonder if this is just a, a trick of the camera. Right, because nope. just everything had that purple haze. Like it looks sick, and the fact that it's actual lights and not a camera trick is super cool. Yeah, it's all it's all rock lights from four by four trucks. They put like up on the fenders. Yeah, that's exactly what it all is. Which is the wire up through the cow, and then bolted them where the there's like an angle on the cow hood where they face backwards. So when the hood's open, you don't even really see them. Right. And it just ran the wire out down by the hinge on the on the passenger side. It's almost unnoticeable. And you just got him on a switch? Off my phone. Oh, sweet. He's fancy. Well, yeah, Bluetooth, man. Turn it on. You can change any color you want. It's, it's awesome, dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Know, it's so funny, bud, because like those rock lights, which they quite literally have a home in a legitimate format where like, you know, you're out four wheeling at night and you want to see what the fuck is going on or 
maybe you got a goddamn stump stuck in your wheel well or something, right? And now, again, back to how we started this pod about like how things morph and, you know, you take shit from different genres. Like now they've turned themselves into, well, now it's kind of a, what do they call that? The, the mall crawler four by four, right? Like everybody's got lights shining uh, in every different way. Christ, they've even got them. I don't know how this works. A little sidebar, but how they wrap them around their, their disc rotors. Have you guys yeah. seen that? Oh, yeah. I have seen that. How the fuck does that work? It must be magnetic I don't know how, or I think, something. I don't know. I have no idea. They got to be a battery operator or some bullshit. Right. Battery or magnetic or something. I know it boggles my brain. Anyway, sidebar. But um, yeah, now it's it's a thing. And now it's made its way into the Fox Buddy world because uh, Tom. <laughs> yep. And I, you know, but I got to do it right, you know. So Jeff made like, like custom brackets, like so they're angled the proper way. Because when you get the LED strips, they're not really that bright, you know, right. and then it glows everywhere. Well, I, we didn't want that. So these are so bright. You didn't want them to look like spotlights. So it takes a little time. Like you got to angle them, mount them, turn the lights off, look at them. This sucks. Move them again kind of deal. But it's really cool, man. Wait till I, wait till I get some good video of it. Yeah. No, I, no. I posted that picture and almost nobody caught on that it was actual lighting. Well, yeah, like I said, it could serve a purpose too, Gar. Like, if you need to fix your car at night, just turn them on. Boom, white. You can see there the you go. Yeah. Or if you got a couple beer in you and you want to be crazy, you turn them on purple or blue or whatever. Yeah, like whatever, man. <laughs> Set the bring timing. What the hell? <laughs> got to bring that shit back. <laughs> it's true. Okay, boys. So, as I see it here, we got six minutes left of our. Uh, Final little hoedown here. So, Tommy, 100% pleasure, buddy. I, I can't thank you enough. And uh, with all of our East Coast folks, just like yourself, thanks for staying up late for us. We really appreciate it, buddy. No problem, man. I, I'm I'm always happy to come talk to you, Gary. And it was cool coming on. And I hopefully, uh, hopefully it comes out well. <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking the time with me. It's no big deal. You know, every time I do one of these things, and you know, with Lance or whatever, I always worry if I sound like a complete jerk off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but it's all cool, man. It's good. Hopefully, someone gets something out of it, right? Oh, it's good, man. I, you know, I think um, actually, I actually had somebody today giving a pretty positive response about it because it's literally just it's normal garage talk, and you know, other people too have said, you know, they just get caught up, they listen, and hear us rant or whatever and it's almost like you know for those that agree with a certain topic it's like they want to try it. it's almost like they're talking back and then they realize we're not even in the room like they almost right. feel like they're in the conversation they forget <laughs> it's cool so it's yeah. cool i really appreciate you guys having me on man for real i do so uh you know i always appreciate the time no thanks buddy you know i uh i find the exact same thing actually and now here i am in the middle of it but like I get so tunnel visioned looking at my screen that like somebody could be fucking stripping beside me and I wouldn't even know it. Like I'm just, yeah. it's, I don't know, like there's something about it, but I get these same comments as like you're saying, Chris, where people are probably in this one where I'm like, what's that guy's name again? And somebody's screaming it right. As they're listening. Yeah. So no. And I mean, that's, that's the whole idea, I guess. Right. Just give you a couple hours of fun during the week where you can tune out and 
whatever, listen to guys bullshit about Fox bodies and, and everything else under the sun. Fuck. We tend to talk about Lord knows what else too. Right. So I know I never thought we'd go to space. We picked that one <laughs> off. So that? <laughs> <laughs> cool, shit. we got to drag some of that stuff out of that attic buddy and see what's yeah, uh, sticking around. I'll have there. to send you some pictures. Maybe you can figure out what the fuck it is for me. Cause I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. No kidding. Yeah, it's cool, man. But uh, on that note, gentlemen, it's time for me to go to bed. It's midnight here. Right. And I got to get up in a couple hours. So um, I'll talk to you guys soon. And Chris, I'm going to think about that four-eyed interior pretty hard, I think. Yeah, maybe we'll just have like a little uh, brainstorming session. Maybe we'll just like come up with a crazy list of stuff. If it's not this car, then it'll be another one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely interested for sure. Boys. I mean, shit, I think that's almost got an episode written all over it. You know, like we throw it out to folks and hey, write in and, and give us your ideas and, and we'll throw them on a whiteboard and bullshit about it. Like what better way to call it the people's car? You know what I mean? There you go. There Keep you go. Ideas around. Yep. Awesome. Well, on that note, guys, it's time for me to go to bed. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to both of you guys pretty soon. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Thanks Amen. for coming in, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'll talk to you later. You bet. All right. Cheers.